0: welcome hope y'all are doing well this is bridge the gap my name is Holden stefan Wright. joining me today is fel and this is the show where we talk to interesting people such as yourself and we go through your life and we extract some knowledge nuggets along the way and we learn some stuff and we we just talk and that's basically what the show is in in a very concise nutshell but before we get into it in order for my proper opening to work and for all to make sense, can you just take a quick second to just kind of introduce yourself a little briefly? And most importantly, you need to tell us where you start your life.
1: Uh, yeah. So I'm fell, uh, right now I'm living in Georgia. I came from the West coast, uh, came from Reno, Nevada, California area. It's pretty much where I grew up. Uh,
0: so you grew up as soon as I don't, don't even mm-hmm. worry about the as, soon as. trust. We're going to get there. We, yeah. We, we're going back to that first part. That's where we're going back to next. I promise. So Nevada, California kind of area out in the West. Yep. So like, let's say when you were five, where were you at? Uh, I was in
1: the Bay area in California Same and way. yeah, I spent a lot of time in California. Um, like that's I guess where I, I think most of my music stuff, Pretty much originated from california and then grew in nevada and then i'm forced to live here because of work
0: all right we're gonna go through all of that in probably yeah. more detail than you were expecting on that note i do have a proper opening question and what's mad important is we're going back to the bay area for this one for everybody watching this How mm-hmm. uh-huh, or it's a bit of a story uh, after that um after that when it lands we're gonna basically kind of just uh you know let you talk and kind of go throughout your own way so with that um it all starts with my girlfriend and she's washing her dishes one time and basically what happens is is um she's playing her phone and she's got the black eyed fleas black eyed peace song playing the, i got a feeling Ooh. she's vibing and she's dancing and she's doing her thing and what ends up happening is um basically i look at her and i start thinking to myself when did this song become chores music right because if you really think about this song and you run it back like 10 11 years to the past times simpler times people will be like playing this in the middle of the night when it's some like party anthem like you know everybody drunk everybody dancing doing their thing and then 10 years goes by everybody gets 10 years older The song it doesn't change at all because it's a song and they don't really change at all. And then the context that we have in terms of our relationship with that song changes so drastically that it's no longer super faded drinking, partying, trying to meet people type vibes, and it's now washing the dishes and trying to do chores and you know maybe working out and being kind of productive vibes. Which got me thinking about the whole transition of musicians and the journey that we all go on across our lives and whatnot. And I started realizing that as musicians, the musical journey starts way earlier than anybody really ever wants to seem to talk about. Like, you watch a lot of interviews. Predominantly, I watch hip-hop ones, but I still venture into other genres and whatnot. And you find that most people be, like, starting the story in their adolescent phase when they or when they first come into contact with music in terms of a personal way where it inspired or impacted them and then they start telling the stories of how they all got started. But usually that's kind of not really coming in early. It's like nine, 10, 11 years old where a lot of people started. But really music is one of those things that impacts us from the very, very, very beginning. Like when I'm saying beginning, I mean, if you run it back to wherever you was born, there was probably some music playing in that room and basically, you know, you were already absorbing it as a wee little baby. And I say that because I can remember being like five in Montreal and we in the apartment and my dad's got all these gray boxes that would take him forever to set up the amp, the preamp, the radio, the tape deck, all these different things with the little wires and the speakers going out all over the room and we bumping his Led Zeppelins and his stuff like that kind of uh, during the day times and certain vibes. But at nighttime, it would be the edm club music straight from the clubs over the radio you know come in uh, that's that montreal thing i am sure it happened everywhere but montreal was doing it for big time every uh, every night and then uh my mom she liked love songs and musicals and soft rock and a whole and disco she really liked disco actually and a whole bunch of stuff like that and like it kind of created this little ambiance of music that would kind of stick with me and become the soundtrack of my life long before i had any control over it you know like it wasn't like my musical story starts with i like this nah it's my parents like this stuff i was kind of forced to listen to it and then one day the next everyone else starts the story that's like kind of chapter two sort of thing so i was hoping as you could run us back to the earliest fell that you could remember being and tell us a lot about what it sounded like to be you when you were growing up before you had any control over the musical choices that you listened to
1: yeah, um, so I think the earliest I can remember is my my parents. The earliest I can remember is I was sitting, I think it might have been like first, second, third grade, and we got this flyer for a, a choir for the um, Golden Gate Boys Choir for auditions. And I gave it to my mom. I remember this. And then they took me to the choir to audition because it was like one of those choirs where you had to audition to be in. Right. And, um, yeah, uh, I auditioned because I I guess since before, that's like my earliest memory, but before then I guess I was singing a lot and stuff like that, so they were like, oh, he, he can sing, let's, let's you know, uh, send him to his choir. And then yeah, from there I got accepted into the choir and it was pretty much like um like a music school uh for the youth. So we learned, you know, how to read write music, how to play the piano, how to sing. And you had to be good. Like you had to compete and and test to stay in the choir. So it was like a pretty hardcore music school where they're just slaving slaving the kids to sing. And we would go, yeah, we would uh, like choir practice uh, twice a week. And then uh, I think it was twice a month, we'd go sing at weddings and stuff like that. But that's like the earliest I can remember is when my parents like forced me into that choir. But like, was like here,
0: do music. So I definitely want to know more about this choir because that's fire to like think about as a concept. First of all, whoever owned that choir made hella bank at these weddings. That's all I'm saying. Like what yeah. a fucking business. Off of the, off of the children. <laughs> I my like, dude. <laughs> and then also we to, got nothing to make it basically like reality TV at the same time, yeah. right? Like that's basically some fucking game show you can't film where you have kids like singing like yeah. who's the best competitor and yeah. kind of and that's nah, wild. And what kind of stuff did you have to sing? Was it like wedding classics or like what kinds of songs? Um were-
1: yeah, so it was stuff like um Ave Maria and um like church music um i can't really remember a lot of what we sung But i know it was a lot of church music and like uh, mass singing because we would go to churches and sing at the churches for mass and stuff like that so it was a lot of that type of, mm. of music
0: that's fair it's
1: a pretty intense i looked them up they they're still around but yeah they were making a lot of money off of us
0: that's a wild <laughs> thought what kind of music did your parents like
1: Uh, So, frankly, my dad, like, mostly listens to classical and then talk radio. That was about it. And then my mom was listening to more of the uh, modern uh, 90s, 90s, 2000 type, uh, you know, rock and pop type music and love ballads. So... Yeah,
0: so music—that's kind of
1: what uh, the music was around me.
0: So in this, in your like case, it wasn't like your parents were like super into music, or they just had it around. They just kind of pushed you into music, and it became yeah. your obsession due to the fact that like you went through, you know, the survivor of music choirs back in the day, and yeah, and also they were
1: paying a lot of money to put me into this choir, which is like, dude, this choir, this choir is making bank. But yeah, like so they were really supportive of what I wanted to do. And so that I enjoyed doing it. And I think I did that all the way up until like, we just moved to Nevada. I was in that choir for a long time.
0: That's really crazy. Like to think about, but like the more interesting part who makes it like relevant to your story is that like from a really early age, what six, seven, eight, like that era, you're mm-hmm. already performing, but not just performing. You're like, doing it with other people in a context yeah. that is super monetizable whether yeah. or not you monetize it, you're still getting the experience in the industry to draw back from it and see that it exists and all, like that's, that's a wild start honestly. so you're like musical career is basically your whole life pretty much yeah so you and i remember
1: i remember before then i'd like toy on the piano and try and like you know just press notes I didn't really know what I was playing. So they probably were, were seeing, oh, this guy is interested in can sing. Must put him in to the choir.
0: Fair. So you ran the choir, forgot that, and then y'all moved to Nevada.
1: Yeah. Uh I think it was before I started high school. I think it was around ninth grade, is when I moved to uh Nevada. My parents pretty much split up and then we went to I, my mom moved to Reno my dad stayed in California
0: and so when you get to Nevada is music still like a four focus and like I guess did you have other hobbies and passions on top of music at that time?
1: yeah so uh I really like just making stuff and design and I was actually starting to what's what my career is I'm in a I'm a game developer I, I make video games so I was also throughout my life, on a computer all the time, like creating either programming or on like uh level editors making levels and stuff like that. So it was kind of doing two things at once. So you were you the know, kid was, that was like yeah.
0: fucking with all the level editors? Yeah. No, honestly that's yeah. cool. Like back in the day, I never had the patience for it. But now that I kind of get a base level of coding and shit, I'm like, okay, say mm-hmm. word. That's like a really useful. So, like, let me ask you a more modern question. Like, when they drop, like, the, that Mario game where you can make custom Mario levels on the Switch and shit, are you, like, excited mm-hmm. for that? Like, are you all on that? I really like Mario Maker. I love games that they have their own editor
1: because I'm just, like, creating. Like, right now I've been playing Escape Simulator and been making Escape Rooms on that because it comes with its own editor. Like, I love doing all that type of stuff.
0: So it's almost, like, more fun for you to, like, create your own level to contribute to the, like, greater game than it is to play the game.
1: Yeah. And I feel the same way with music. I just love – I like, pretty much all I do is create and design, and it's either music or or games, mostly music. And then I work, which is video games. But every now and then I'll find a game that I like, and I'll play it for a little bit
0: so cool like for me that's like cool because i have no real like good at it i'm not good at game design but i'm fascinated by game design i literally watched mm-hmm. over the last couple of years like, hours and hours and hours of videos of guys describing all the things designers choose to do Cause yep. they notice it and i don't notice it so i let them notice it for me and i find that highly mm-hmm. entertaining so i appreciate like the entire industry of it but like going back to i guess when you were in nevada so when you're down there now that you've like passed out of the choir phase what kind of like happens next in your journey
1: so yeah what i was doing i was pretty much just being a truant and (laughs) not going to school but i would i would sit in my in my room and i was like uh programming or or level designing i was doing a little bit of music i didn't really do a lot of music until after high school i was kind of stuck in the um the gaming realm per se um so what does that mean in high
0: school for you because you most of us were probably not programming in high school when you were doing that love. yeah so you just got to imagine that nobody watching knows what you mean when you say that and then you can describe what you mean by saying you were in the gaming sphere in high school oh yeah so i was i was playing a lot of video games um
1: mostly games that had editors so i can create uh new content for them um and then i was also uh, back then uh in dos they had which is the operating system and command prompt uh q basic was uh, available For anyone, so you just pretty much typed in Open QBasic, and it would open up this software where you could write code in QBasic, which is um, one of the basic programming languages to make a game in. And so I started learning that, and I was uh, I was actually programming a lot in uh, high school. And it was funny when they had a computer class in high school. As a freshman, they pretty much um, skipped me all the way up to the senior of computer class into web design, because I I, like the first day of programming class, I showed the teacher a game I built already. And she was like, Oh, you're way too advanced for this
0: It's fucking (laughs) incredible. Yo, a couple of questions. Well, mostly from Ismail, I gotta keep in mind Ismail being the software sphere, personally, I'm in the software sphere. So we both down to hear you talk that tech is all I'm saying. Um, his first question, though, is less techy. It's more, "Did you play Little Big Planet?" I played Little Big Planet. I don't think so. Yeah, I did. It not. sounds familiar, though. I know. I kind of know what it is, but I do not know what it is fully. The other thing yeah. is, are you down to create content in the metaverse? Which is kind of one of my normal end of your interview, end of interview questions. But screw it, Ismail asked. I'm fucking curious. Are you down to be a metaverse content creator as a video game industry, dude? So I think it is pretty interesting,
1: the metaverse. I think virtual concerts are a pretty cool idea where people can go go see a concert in VR or, you know, if you have, if you don't have a VR, you can just go to a place. Everyone can go to a place virtually. And... Um, Go to your concert, and then you can also combine that then selling. You could sell, you could, like, self-promote your work as well and sell, like, custom NFTs and stuff like that in that sort of platform. I think it's a really interesting idea. I think I think there's a lot of money in it if, if it starts, like, kicking off.
0: Yeah, it's totally got money. It just needs people who know how to code in the game. Because, personally, I got crazy ideas for the metaverse. I just don't know. I opened up Unity one time, my guy. Yeah, I closed Unity. That's basically so I
1: that. I actually recommend the Unreal Engine for anyone who's starting off because they pretty much um, make the base of the game for you, and it's a very visual based engine. So if you, like you really don't need to know how to code to make a game in Unreal, which is nah, I totally hear really you. Cool.
0: It was like OK, because so I went into All Space VR because more like I was like, yo, how do I create like this? in vr mm. and brand it and then they said yeah unity and i said well, what's unity actually and i downloaded it and learned how little i know about actually doing any of that stuff so yo if you know how to do that stuff yeah. oh my god unreal
1: man. 4 so unreal 4 has uh like plug and play for vr stuff you can pretty much just run it and all this code for vr is already in there
0: is it this like is really free good. to use Unreal 4? Yep, that's Unreal well. Force free. Y'all may even try that. If I try that, not a sponsor. Nah, it's <laughs> just sharing knowledge, yo. Because the truth yeah. is, like, look what we're doing right now works in VR. There's there's almost like a seamless mm-hmm. transition from our ability to create it. It's mostly the ecosystems like surrounding. It that are problematic, yeah. like it's kind of clunky to stream a Twitch stream into VR right now, etc. But in the future, we'd just be like sitting there with fucking helmets on, literally just doing the same shit in branded rooms. Yeah,
1: and when you're in VR or in a PC universe, you could do whatever you want for visuals, or like you could just be like, and boom, transform, and you're now in Africa because we're playing this one song, you know. Or you could like really custom 3D environments for the viewers, and I think that whole viewing experience is going to be amazing. And also make sure that they're also interactive. So be like, hey, play this mini game, and everyone who wins, you know, maybe it uh it activates something on the screen for everyone. Oh, you said you know, mini game, getting yeah. people
0: involved. You know how to make mini games. See, that's the difference between you and me. I'd be sitting there too busy mm. thinking about concerts and settings, and you're like, bro, keep the people entertained while you're rapping. I'm like, this guy's Yeah, got I saw it. this
1: one. It was um it was League of Legends. They did their uh Pentakill concert and they had this really cool thing where it was like they had these moments in the video where everyone would like spam one in chat and it would uh, build up this progress bar. And then once the progress bar got full, it, like, exploded and then, like, changed the whole scene. And uh, I thought it was, like, really cool because it had everyone involved, like, to spam one as fast as they could, you know? Yeah, no, that's... I think stuff like that's really interesting, and you could definitely do that in a metaverse. Like, in VR, it just have to come up. Like, everyone play. Maybe, maybe have, like, some, like, space song... Or whatever right and then all of a sudden space invaders comes down and and people are playing space invaders
0: you know water you could just like imagine a concert and then now everybody like doing some gta shooter shit (laughs) like yeah and then what they're doing affects
1: the concert right people would be scoring or something or like yo
0: imagine it even mad different like okay so it's like battle rap and shit and then the crowd gets to like fucking fight in a video game context and then based mm-hmm. on the battle rappers fucking yeah. performance, they get better gear to fuck up the other side. You have a mosh
1: pit, you have a mosh pit circle open up <laughs> and then you as your VR self go in and just mosh pit everyone.
0: Yeah. I thought about that shit. Yeah. So in that case, what you yeah. do, cause you have like your, cause I know you can go photorealistic with it at some point. I don't know how to yeah. do it. So like you have a room where your artist gets scanned and their avatar is, like, mad photorealistic. But that same room yeah. uses AR projection to take the avatars that are in the VR space and project them into the room. So the person could okay. be, like, moshing amongst the avatars while being captured photorealistically. I'm sure they can. I'm just sure I can't afford it.
1: Yeah, you can do that. Well, no, you could do that because if he just has AR glasses, the program itself would say just word what the players are. Because,
0: yo, yeah, be I really think cheap. that would be, like, ideally a way to take it to the immersive level where artists in the room don't feel like it's cornball rap look look man I, mm-hmm. rapping at a camera is just corny i like it enough to yeah. do it because it's worth doing but like compared to rapping to like something like even the alt space vr hand wiggles bro those are actual yeah. hands wiggling so like it gives you a sense yeah. of something so like that's so cool i had no idea this is where this was going <laughs> But yeah very I, much well like i mean it.
1: we're here <laughs> we're here let's smoke some more ah. no but you could uh you could go to a company like sony and 3d scan yourself then you'll have your model then you don't need to do that anymore and then you just make the make the game or make the app make the application
0: bro we need to talk more and more. This might be better to keep going in terms of specifics. Off cam, I, I I can tell them my soul. We should end it. while was hot. Go back to you in Nevada, ending high but school. We can go
1: back to yeah. We go back to Nevada in high school. So I was um, I think one of my high school years, I missed like a hundred something days. Fucking, I was just like f this.
0: Fucking coding <laughs> and skipping school. Like it's yeah. badass, but like also like. Way more badass today than it was back then, I imagine. I guess. I should have actually probably gone to school, but... <laughs> I mean, you you do the game thing now. You did the game thing yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. One could argue... Yeah, and I... Yeah, go on. One could yeah, argue I you mean... put your time into the thing that worked out in your long run. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just go back to my parents. I'm like, look at me now. <laughs>
0: I mean... Old, yeah. <laughs> I like I do remind my mom yeah. that people make cra- crazy money on Twitch playing games here and there and that it's surprisingly yeah. a viable career option to like on a low key end, you could just film yourself playing mobile games right now, make YouTube reviews. If you did enough of them, you'd make a couple hundred dollars a month, even if you were trashing mm-hmm.
1: it. Well that goes anything, even the music. I see a lot of the music people on Twitch, like some of them are getting some good views. You know, it's like one of these days.
0: From what I can tell about Twitch is all community. Like the people who it, it pull is. Pull mm-hmm. views, put that effort into making friends. And yo, even Uja mm-hmm. Nightshade was like, yo, go network. I'm like, fair. <laughs> like every yeah. time I talk to anybody it's like go network like Reach, exit. He's here, but yo, his stream's late. I'll be watching him fucking play Jackbox with people, but his like whole personality is like way nicer than me i don't know i could be as nice as he yeah. and has like demeanor and shit but that's not necessarily how you have to be but like watching other people do it but then you just get to know them and you get connected with it like can you figure i figure out more that like it's important for me to find people who share the goals that you have almost with beauty of twitch is that like via i guess discords and shit you can link up with more people big misplay on my end not fucking with discord mm-hmm. at first but like and you squad up and you make friends. So, like, I know a bunch of those, like, freestyler dudes. And I just kind of talk to them here and there, and, you know. And then over time, we raid each other. A lot of it is raiding each other. Yeah, if, I think it's what
1: it's about is that community, especially with all these groups. Like, you know, you meet up with other streamers, other groups. And, like, let's build this family, you know. That's kind of it. But, yeah, so uh, after, I think it was, like, pretty much after high school is when I – to get back on point, yeah. See, so I, like, that's how, on how on no, point. bro.
0: It's like this. That's the whole show. It goes there, back that's on fine. point, there, back. Then. So, yeah. yeah. You can go so back on point.
1: yeah. So after high school is when I started actually getting back into the music again. Um, Are you still in Nevada after high school? I'm still in Nevada. Yeah. So I pretty much had a five year party period, which don't want to talk about, but it was a fun party. And then I was like, I should go get. I, my dad was like, uh, I, will, I will help support you if you go to college. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of need help supporting right now. So I'll go to college. So I went to college. I had two options. It was either programming or uh, music because then um, I picked up the guitar. I can't remember when I was picking up the guitar, but I picked up the guitar and started playing it. So I was like, I'm going to go to college for music. And I went to college for uh musical performance for the guitar. And then um I mean that really started kicking everything off. So yeah, it was crazy. I was like full music in my in my kid, half teen years, and then a break well, of you, like this hard. You know. you know what's
0: interesting about the party phase? You might not want to go into detail for. Yeah. I think it's an important phase for musicians to go through. You know yeah. why? Because nobody talks to fans enough. I promise. Everybody Mm -hmm. you partied with was a fan.
1: Yeah. (coughs) That is true. It, it It was a fun period. I think, like you said, everyone needs to go through it. I did almost hit rock bottom, which I also think a lot of people should go through as well. You really need to know what it's like to have nothing so that you don't want to go back there in life. You know, that's the point. You look back. It's like, man, I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah, you know, which kind of keeps you keeps you sane. Uh,
0: I would never repeat my early twenties for all the money in the world for how much I was not a huge fan of my early twenties. I'll be completely honest with you. So I empathize from the bottom of my fucking soul.
1: <laughs> yep, I did uh, pick up the guitar then though, and I think that was important during my party life. When my friends, uh, he was the guitarist in the band, and he showed me how to play guitar, and then was teaching me stuff, and then. That's I started like really playing guitar then to kind of get my mind off of partying so much and trying to get myself back into stability. So I was like super hyper hyper focused on playing the guitar. Um, which I think kind of actually saved me. I think the guitar really saved me because I was going down a pretty bad
0: party spiral. Sometimes (laughs) that can happen but when you started playing the guitar was it like solo stuff did you get involved with bands like what was that like
1: yeah so i was playing at that time Mm -hmm. uh in my life i was just playing by myself playing with friends my friend got a bass and we're just you know we were just jamming just playing sounds pretty much right what sounded good to us i knew a few things and that was about it um my best friend today actually who was, who was playing the bass, he's still my best friend. Um yeah, um he was actually with me during that party time.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, some, and a couple other really, people. If people are still friends after mm-hmm. that, they'd be real friends. Yep. Well, you know what it takes it
1: takes you losing everything to know who your who your true friends are. Yeah. So, yeah, there's also a couple uh, people who um, were like really good soloers I hung out with. I also hung out with my friend who taught me guitar and he was playing in the band. So I'd go watch him play. Um, and then I started actually getting into um, like uh, Steve Vai and Joe Santiani. Those like really uh, intricate heavy metal players. They're just like pretty much soloists, pretty much these massive solo everything. Um, yeah I was starting to get into that type of heavy metal music, and I still am kind of a metal head these days. You might be able to hear it in some of my songs,
0: maybe but, I wasn't explicitly looking for it, but I feel like metals like that. It's like you can't just like like metal and like go of metal, nah, you like metal, and then you hear a riff and you're like, mm, I like it, even if it's not like you yeah like I kind of go back and forth on what my favorite genre is. I don't stick with a favorite genre that long in life, yeah. but I also never stop liking any of my favorite genres. It's just more, I reprioritize which ones I love more in a given year kind of thing. So like, mm-hmm. it's like you hear that master of puppets, fucking lakes, and you're just like <sighs> forever. Like, yeah. You know, like you can't help it once you get into it. I mean, I'm sure there are better, cooler metal examples, but that's what popped into my head. Okay. I mean, that's a
1: good one. Uh, I actually learned that song when my friend showed me that song. I don't know if I could play it now. Um, yeah, and also my best friend, and now now I remember my best friend, was also showing me some music, like Nine Inch Nails. Um, he was showing me Infected Mushroom. That's where I started to get the EDM um, vibes in my head going. And We would actually sit and make uh, music on Fruity Loops or EJ, the reason Shit. both those uh, programs. EJ's old school. Bro, EJ
0: has come up, like, four or five fucking <laughs> times in, like, the last, like, three months and it didn't come up at all before that i just wild because like i fucked around with ej when i was in high school because my dad got one of the ejs like two to one it wasn't one but it was definitely an early number and i fucked with that shit it was one of those buy like 17 boxes of software for 20 dollars packs kind of thing
1: Mm -hmm. yeah my friend has a hard drive somewhere i i think it's at his dad's and it has all our old music on it which i kind of want to get because this is like uh 23, 24-year-old fell that is uh, still partying. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, making music. You know, I kind of want to hear the stuff that you made.
0: Yeah, Yo, that would be wild. I would love to hear the music you made when you were in your 20s. I would, too. It's probably just ridiculous. It's probably good, though. <laughs> I feel like the younger stuff has, like, this passionate rawness to it where like our disciplined yeah. older selves are not as good at the raw undisciplined
1: yeah the more lessons i get the more disciplined i get and i don't like it but i do at the same at the same time it's like well i am disciplined but <laughs> i don't want to be
0: yeah i go through that a lot in life i mean even with music the more disciplined i become with music it changes how i make music is it better yeah. or worse i don't know I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell you. I just know it's changed, and I don't know that I can really go back. It's like you can't unknow all the things you learned. So, like, I could never do what I could do when I was 21, even though I was trash, in my opinion.
1: That's why one of my friends, he makes really good music, and I don't want to give him a lesson in, like, here's how you know what you're playing, because I'm afraid that once I tell him, you know, give him structure, he's, he's in a change the way that he makes music. And I don't
0: want that. Yeah. I mean, it's bound to like, he'll give himself his own structure over time, just by virtue of life. But also depends on, I guess what we all want out of it, but it's cool that you like got into guitar. Were you like, I guess, did you ever get into like the band world and like playing Mm -hmm. with all the peoples and performance and all that good stuff? Yeah. So during my college age,
1: the college era, I was uh, playing in bands. Um, I had two choices: I had a choice between two different teachers—a classical teacher or a jazz teacher. Mm-hmm. I chose the jazz teacher, which I think was the right option. Um, but I'm I'm jazz trained on guitar, and then I had a couple friends that were, you know, also going through the music uh, path. And one of my friends was also a guitarist, and we kind of formed a duel. And we would, uh, to hustle money, we would play at restaurants. We, we were playing at this one Italian restaurant doing like just lounge jazz music. And then we would get a meal, uh, every night for it. So that's how pretty much I fed myself through college was bus busing through, uh, restaurants. And oh,
0: that's so we high. played at a
1: wine bar once. That was interesting. Did they pay you in wine? They paid us in wine. It was, uh, Tips. So you get to keep ki- keep your tips, and then every time we take a break, they pay us in wine. I swear, one of the bottles that they opened was like a hundred dollar bottle because it just tasted like rose petals came out of the wine. I was like, this is a really
0: good wine. I mean, that's that's <laughs> at least a win. I'm just saying that that's cool yeah. as
1: fuck, though. That that's how you survive, dude. Especially as a busking musician, you have to
0: you have to eat somehow. So you know. So you really like ran that busk life a Max. I tried
1: to. Yeah, my friend and I, he really, my friend really pushed me to do that. And I was like, okay, let's do it. It was, it was fun. Got to eat some good meals at, uh, you know, quality restaurants for free. And did you it do nice. all the tips? Yeah. Uh not really. My friend uh, had this like old lady that would come every time we would go to the Italian restaurant, she would be there and she was definitely hitting on him.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah,
1: I mean, I well, we learned a song. Yeah, we learned a song because she came up and said, Oh, do you guys know girl from Empanema? And we didn't, and then we we went and learned it, and next time the next week we came back and we played it for her.
0: That's cool, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so you got a lot. Of- yeah, we would do birthdays too. Like if someone had a birthday at the table, we'd go by and do the birthday song. That's yeah. Cool.
0: So you ran that for a while, and then I kind of I
1: ran that for a while, and I was also, uh, you know, game designing as well. I was I was uh, one of the I I can't tell what uh, I don't think I can say what company I work for, but one of the games. That they released i started making a ton of maps on i was kind of getting popular um through that community as well so i was making music and making games this is like from like the like
0: the modding side of
1: life yeah from the modding side and i actually got contracted a couple times they uh hit me up and contracted me while i was still in college to make a couple maps and those were i was like that's when i started learning that oh i can actually make money i can make some serious money you know making just making maps yeah and i was like oh i think so what was, was crazy i was going into college i was in college for music but i was actually doing better with the level design and stuff you know so i was kind of in in the financial my financial path i was like well i'm making money doing Level stuff. I'm gonna push this and continue doing music as a passion,
0: right? You know, I mean, ultimately, as I've learned, one thing about music is you really, really do need to make sure that your financial situation is in a good enough order if you ever want to take music, any yeah. kind of level, seriously. So. It, to me sounds like you made the right choice because holy shit is the modding community fucking crazy and a lot of companies pay like a lot of companies yeah i would have become
1: uh i think i would have become a studio musician if i went the other way because i was I, i it would take me a little bit to be primed and ready but at that point i was like primed and ready to go into any studio and they could hire me as a guitarist and i'll play for them but now I'm I'm a little rusty. But back then, I was like, I think that's the path I would have went down: studio musician.
0: That's still fire.
1: But yeah, I'm I, I'm glad that I have the job that I have today because it gives me the ability to make music. You know.
0: Yeah, I, I feel very as similar. a passion.
1: I, yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's interesting the way that you frame it like that, right? Because I know a lot of people who make music to make money. And it creates this complicated nature where, like, I guess every decision you make about music is different when your choices are coming from a place of I'm trying to make money off of the music versus I'm just trying to make money so I can make the music I want to make. Like, those are two extremely different ways, I think, to approach music. (laughs) And I think it's cool that you kind of have that attitude where you kind of would rather, like bang it out, but you're still creative with your job. So it's still like Mm -hmm. dope. I mean
1: yeah and I think um once like money gets involved in like music or whatever, you're not you're not making for yourself. You're making for other people, right? And I think the best music you make is the music that comes from you. And isn't forced by deadlines and whatnot, and and style-wise, because even then it's like, oh, I need to make this type of style of music, but I don't like making the style. But this is what's paying the bills right now. You know, they get it seems like these these musicians that are pretty much making money or making music to live on, or just making music to make the consumer happy, and they're not making themselves happy you like, are like, slaving.
0: Even running back to Twitch, there are a lot of people I see with acoustic guitars and, like, lists of songs in demand that they'll play. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. I respect that hustle. I do not know that I have it in my soul to do that hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... Well,
1: that's doing two things, too, because that's also... They're getting practice on guitar. So, I mean, that's always good to do okay. something like that, to try and combine combined stuff like so you're not only getting a following you're also using this for practice
0: that's a very legitimate and fair point i hadn't really considered in terms of like doing it on command like that but it feels like as a career niche it's 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 bizarre to me maybe my like perceptions on it aren't like the ones the whole world should follow it doesn't change that to me it's so fucking Mm. bizarre to see happening like a lot of the i want to call them trends because i only really see them on twitch so i mean they're clearly twitch trends or career paths and as they carve out and the way people do things to make money i find so like wildly interesting whereas like i don't know that everybody looks happy doing it is the one thing i can say about it some people really look happy yep i would argue most people have that smile that like is more like you not because like yo when you grind it out like long long time you hit that point where you fucking hate going live even then you do it anyway still Mm -hmm. and that's what i see a lot of in people and it's like i don't know i'm kind of glad i don't do that so i don't feel that
1: yeah i found i was actually when i when i kind of started going hardcore into streaming it kind of felt like a job i didn't want it to feel like a job so I I cut my days back, cut my hours back, and it's you know, it's way better for me now. I'm just I'm just streaming because I want to hang out with my community. Let's let's make some music, or you know, I do music feedback, so let's hear everyone's music, or I do live sets every now and then. You know, this is party. You know, that's dope. i mean in. instead of grind. I see some streamers that are like eight hours a day every day. It's like, how do you do that?
0: uh i could do four hours a day most days but i don't know how you do eight hours a day i feel like four to five a day i could yeah. i could probably manage you know, I, I did it most of last year and it was by the end i didn't enjoy it but for a long period of time i really did enjoy it but then you get kind of attached mm-hmm. to your numbers and all the other shit that happens when you really get into content line yeah. and so yeah yo shut up uh uja saying that you give actionable valuable feedback on your twitch review show
1: oh thanks udra i try
0: yeah i try and uh
1: i try and i mean i i don't like feedback channels where it's like oh that was cool good and then next but it's like i want to i want to hear the song and you know help improve Based on my ears, because nothing is right or wrong in music, you know, but it's just how people listen to it. So based off of my ears, you know, my feedback, oh, you could do this with the EQ, or sometimes I give arrangement feedback. It's like, oh, it's a little bit repetitive. But, yeah.
0: Actually, it's not bad at all. Stuff like that is super nifty. I've seen some really weird feedback channels in terms of, I don't really often go to it it. Yeah don't know
1: and it seems to go it seems to go pretty good on my channel uh because i am very critical but every now and then you do get those people they're like oh no you're wrong you're wrong it's like well it's just one person's opinion you don't need to feel insulted by it but
0: you know people help <laughs> you know okay it's i find artists are cool it's fans of artists i don't like yeah it's never the artist i find that i have a huge issue because mm. i used to do reviews right not like review yeah. music live but like album reviews and shit and artists Yeah, I never had an artist one time ever be like whatever they were all like wow you took time you were white but like you took time to cover my shit I did get a couple you were whites and I accepted them but the fans yeah. holy shit fans are fucking mean they'll like stab <laughs> you over dissing their favorite artist or something and it doesn't have to be a diss they'll just still you know it's wild it makes it makes me like yeah. I mean, it's a little different with the, like, I think the, the, what you're doing with it, cause it's less like, hi, fans of an artist, come listen to my opinion. <laughs> you're going, hey, yeah. artist, come get my, like, actual opinions. But, like, yeah, that's my fear of that shit is always the fans. It's not actually artists at all.
1: I remember one person uh, I did feedback for, and it was, uh, he, they posted a rap song, and it was, I think I counted 30 swear words in like 10, 10 or 15 seconds. <laughs> nice. I was like, yo, I can't play this. You got to actually choose English words. <laughs> they got, they got so mad. They got so mad. I was like, dude, how is this going to be played on radio? Like if you want this to get played anywhere, how is this going to get played? That's what I was trying to explain to him. I said, you got to articulate. Don't just swear. Udra was there for that. Yeah. Yeah that's freaking and odd, they got so mad it's like yo
0: you said like 30 swear words in like 10 seconds i don't think anybody that i know has ever thought about how to get a shit played <laughs> on radio to be honest with you like i yeah. don't think it's like something people really really now nah, i mean okay i had a recent mm. experience somebody peer pressured me in, and i say it with love They were like, hey, you want to come to this lunch and learn? The person's like doing exactly what you described, like fucking song listenings for syndication on TV. I did not get told that you should not swear. So I sent him my track Mm -hmm. Lose Weight, which is all about losing weight so you can fuck better and shit. I did not know Uh, that. That's
1: not radio friendly.
0: No, but I got told it was HBO friendly and I got told it was other thing friendly. Yeah. So like I'm totally movie HBO friendly. I'm just not radio friendly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm internet radio friendly.
1: Which is fine. I mean,
0: internet one of my,
1: or Valley my Valley. only professor now, I, I do take lessons from people. Uh, he uh, just released a song for one of the shows on Nickelodeon and he gets paid bank. Bank. Like, you know, just follow the money is what I'm saying. If people say you're HBO friendly but I can go towards HBO material. Let's go. I bet you they pay a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it was what they said you know. in terms of – I think they were trying to be nice and be like, you are not yeah. getting played on Canadian television, my guy, with your current yeah. sound. And <laughs> I went through my entire fucking catalog, dude, and I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm just not going to – I don't mm-hmm. – movies and HBO <laughs> showcase – it ain't going to yeah. be no fucking yeah. um, stuff. But, a lot of money. Woodrow makes a good um, point, though. So, uh, just swearing when done right, saying something a dope way can be effective, but yes. some people just loop swear words for nothing.
1: Yeah, if you're going to swear, it needs to have meaning. It's not just dropping the F-bomb for no reason. You
0: know. That's fair.
1: But yeah, I was going to say, uh, even video games, uh, my friend was telling me one of my friends who works uh, where I work, he's one of the audio guys. He was telling me that they they could pay, if they were to buy a song from someone, they could pay up to five grand for that song because they're buying it and licensing it and, you know, taking that song from you. Like,
0: Yo, okay, dude, single so, songs
1: make a lot of
0: money. What does that mean for me? Let's say somebody comes on in and goes, I'm going to scoop up your track, here's five Gs, of which... I'm not even gonna lie. I'd probably say yes right now. I'm not in a position yeah. to say no to that. So they do that. Yeah. Do I just now I can't use my song without their consent? You would be able to uh, use the song after the game is released, I believe,
1: because uh, it goes under the NDA of the game, right? So once once it's it's like your song, it, like the, I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but it would definitely go under an NDA until the game is released and then you probably could play it again on your on your uh, but like, on your channel. I really don't know how that works. Would that be like maybe they buy it out straight up right.
0: So does this mean you have to have like this bank of unreleased shit to sell to people or can it be like shit that's on your Spotify people can come through and be like, I'm gonna cop that track off you
1: Yeah, I don't I honestly don't know how that works. I know for like other labels, if they were to take your song they, they'll take your song and put it under their labels. Maybe that's how it works. But for video games, I don't know how that part works.
0: No, that's fair. That's a good question, though. Honestly, nobody I know is even, even remotely connected to it. So it's like super nifty that you're like even sitting there thinking yeah. about syndication.
1: I'm always trying to think about money.
0: <laughs> nah, I hear you. And if you can produce the way that you produce, I mean, you. Because I was sitting there yeah. going, Matrix. It's got Matrix vibes all over it. You just got to mm-hmm. get one track in that Matrix movie, and that's got to yeah. be a stack. And I, I
1: honestly attribute a lot of what I'm doing now to my college days. I learned a lot. Like, I learned all all theory, you know, all the way up to 34. I learned sight singing and dictation, which I actually recommend to anyone. That's where you can sing rhythms and go like ta ta, you know, like a ta 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 ta, ti ta ta ta, katima ta, you know. So you just start being able to sing rhythms and then also um, sing scales of notes. And that really helps me, at least when I hear something in my head, to be able to put what's in my head directly on the paper really quick. Because I can be like, oh, that's a whole note, that's a quarter note, that's, you know, what I'm hearing in my head. I'm just going, to so I really recommend sightseeing and dictation. That was one of my classes that I took in college. Um, I also recommend learning piano. People should learn piano. I took four years piano. Um, that's super
0: useful for making music. So, like, at what point... The do theory... You... So, <laughs> yo, at what point do you stop, like, playing guitar i guess not that you saying you stop but like just the guitar and busking mm. and all that what kind what is it kind of you get like the gigs doing the fucking you know maps and whatnot and at what point are you now like electronic producer man like that seems like a bit of a transition
1: yeah so throughout my busking i was still making electronic music um so i was playing guitar and i was like making little you know making electronic beats but nothing like nothing to what i'm making today but i think it all turned after i moved here into georgia so i got a job offer for the company that i was modding for i poked them for about six years until they said fine we'll hire you that's why they hired me that's wild um it took six years
0: No, but I mean, you say it, hold on, you say it, it took six years with the charcoal, then you added actually a great caveat point, they can't get rid of you, but, I mean, that's kind of how life works, right, like, if you want some shit, it, Mm -hmm. like, might require that level of effort to catch the attention of the people that you want, so it's actually really commendable that you put, like, six years of effort into getting the job that you have, because it's an ill-ass fucking job, all things considered.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I always say whatever your goals are, just keep working towards it and it'll happen. You know, it may, it'll never happen when you want it to happen, but it'll happen.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: But yeah, then after uh, after I moved here, uh, one of my old bosses actually used to make a club and techno music and actually would play it in a club and he was talking about it. And then that got me back into thinking, oh, let's just start making music again. I think it was like two and a half, I guess, almost like three years ago, that I started making music again. So like, and then uh, I'm very fortunate because this job has been able to provide all this equipment around me. Yeah, yo, the
0: way Uja Nightshade's describing your creative process, you sound like Michael Jackson. Is that what Those things first. Oh yeah, I do sing it.
1: And so that's the like sightseeing dictation I was talking about when you can sing something out loud and then, uh, write it down on paper. That's, that's where it comes really useful. So Cause there's a lot of times, uh, at least for me, I don't know about for the producers, when they're making music, they'll hear stuff in their head. Like how do you put what's in your head directly on the paper? All right.
0: I mean, I've talked to producers and I've seen them do stuff. Um, they click buttons, and then they click buttons on their keyboard. They, they What I mean is they click, I'm going to oh, open no. up this motherfucker, and then they open up the <laughs> keyboard. Or yeah. if they have the drum machine, they'll fuck with the drum machine or the pad, pad machine, yeah. and they'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> and the, I mean, that wasn't it. You know, that was me. But, like, they'll mm-hmm. do some shit like that, yeah. and then they'll chop up whatever samples, they chop up or not they'll take whatever thingies they take and then they push more buttons and then they tweak more knobs and they tweak and yeah, i wish plugins. i could do that <clears throat> and then the next thing you know
1: it's what i'm saying like the more structures. yeah
0: however like, go ahead none of that shit sounds yeah. <laughs> like what you do and what you do doesn't sound a damn thing like what they do and there's like stuff in the way that you compose that i think is fucking riveting to be honest with you Mm -hmm. in ways where maybe some of the other people's stuff is it's not like riveting in the same way because I don't want to say other people's stuff isn't riveting that's not very nice but there's ways you do your transitions that I find fucking nice
1: Mm -hmm. I appreciate that
0: so like yeah I feel that and and the way that you do your thing is cool it creates style and style is really important and highly underrated in music
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it also goes with um, a lot of times you have to do a lot of referencing. Like if I'm trying to make a certain type of beat, I'll sit and reference songs and see like, what is my song? Like I'll I'll reference like top charters and be like, what is my song missing? What, you know, off of this song that has 20 million plays. What am I missing? Right. And try and do stuff like that. And also lessons. I'm still taking lessons. I'm treating it like college. Like I get a lesson from Ivan Lafever. Um, I don't know if you guys know him. He used to stream a little bit, but now he's uh, he's working for Nickelodeon and all these other And I think he actually has a couple songs on HBO as well.
0: That's fair, actually. Uh,
1: but yeah, I take an hour lesson from him once a month. And basically, we talk about producing, sound quality, and um, production on my music, which is basically. If you don't have sound quality, you're not going to compete with what's out there. Your sounds seem to be banging. You, you know, know? It every- may be good, hold on. But, Yeah.
0: Everybody says that to me. And the worst sound quality I ever produced got me more organic mm-hmm. love than the best sound quality I ever produced. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I could never sell that shit. Mm-hmm. But organically... There's a whole mixtape game people over like kind of ignore from a sound quality perspective, but I hear what you're saying because when you have good headphones, I this is mm-hmm. what's actually cause when you have good headphones, yep, bro, I can't even listen to this shit next to other shit, yep. But when I have medium or worse headphones slash earbuds, oh my god, I can't tell the difference. And then yep. I was sitting there on this like, cause my girlfriend got me these wireless earbuds these little fucking Sennheisers mm-hmm. and they come with this app and I'm sitting there fucking around with the mix all by myself, destroying the mix, fixing the mix, whatever. And I'm like, damn man, mixing yeah. is kind of weird when the whole world can just fuck up your whole mix on any fucking quality of speaker at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And so that's, that's why there's a techniques like mid range mixing or mono mixing. So you take the low end from like, 500 down, and, like, the top end from, like, I don't know, about 5,000 up. And he just cut that out. So you just listen to the mid-range. And then he set it on mono, and then he mix in that channel because that's pretty much what, you know, headphones are doing, uh, the cheap headphones or any cheap speaker. So you're pretty much, if you can get that to sound good, then it will sound good in all, uh, all speakers because if you want to – it makes it the lowest quality – and get that to sound good. It'll sound banging on the highest quality. And there's also tricks too, like putting your kick on on mono and putting your bass on mono because, you know, headphones, most headphones, cheap headphones, can't do that sterilization very well.
0: What do you consider to be then a cheap headphone? Because maybe your definition and mine are not the same. And I feel like Uh, we should listen to you more than Holden on what a cheap headphone is. Well, I've... I really wouldn't, couldn't tell you maybe like a $25
1: headphone that's probably a cheap headphone or I know producers produce on Apple earbuds. I heard those are pretty cheap as well. They don't really give you a um, good the system like, or I have speakers. Like a couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. I think if you buy them new. Yeah, I've heard p- producers produce on earbuds but they do the mid-range mono mixing on them. Uh, that technique. Yeah. Um, I have. I mean, these aren't cheap, but like, I don't know, like those little speakers, I mean, they give you good sound, but then it's also, what's your sound card? You know, are you getting cheap sound, right? Which is like low quality. You're not hearing the highs. You're not hearing yeah, shut the up. airiness. You're not ready for not, the follow. You know?
0: I got a follow. What? I got a follow. Nice. So you got to do that. Shout out you know, for the follow know.
1: <laughs> shout out for that follow but yeah, anything that's not giving you true sound, you know? And I think if you start, I've I've never owned a lot of headphones, so I can't really tell you how much in price, but it seems like um, the more you pay for something, the higher quality sound you get, you know? But especially for us producers, we need to hear that air. We need, You also need to hear that low end. We need to hear that true sound, right? And, so, and some speakers, it's like, sometimes the highs are way too high in the speaker mm. and it's just for that that speaker. Right. So now you're, you're turning all your highs down in your mix, but in, in actuality, they shouldn't be, right. It's just your speaker type, you know, all that matters.
0: Yeah. This is why people need producer friends. Cause like i be a rapper and I do all kinds of vocal yeah. stuff. And when I say I mix, I do not mix, but you would not, no, never. I couldn't do what you do. Mm-hmm. I do some twist, some knobs, and hope it doesn't sound as ass as it did before. That's mixing. It's technically <laughs> mixing. As long as it sounds good, dude. <laughs> good, is so sounds good, like... good is so relative. good, Good is so. I am well, very aware of how low quality it sounds, but then again, 1980s punk sounds very low quality, and I still like it. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's aesthetic. But no, yeah. I, I I plot on remake. One day I would like to just remaster my own shit because I never mastered it in the first place. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's really remastering at that point. But like, yeah, like, but that's how I, I see that. But it was just interesting to me how as much as a lot of people chase perfection in sound, I've had some of the best results in my career with some of the worst ass sounding fucking mixes in my life.
1: It's crazy. Some of my, some of my least favorite songs or have the most plays. I'm like, why are you listening to this? This track's garbage. <laughs> I still understand.
0: Yeah, I don't think music makers have any idea why non music makers listen to music is my theory. I've been yeah. trying to spend the last couple of years figuring that out, but my girlfriend was not a fan of my music for the longest time. And then I started trying to figure out what she listens to. And honestly, all she cares about is if she can fucking bop and dance and move her head to it. And like, it doesn't go that much deeper yeah. than that. And I'm like, huh, damn. Have I overthought good, so good. much.
1: It's a good kick is all I need. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Cause I think as artists, we are overthinking it. And we're also hearing the song hundreds and hundreds of hours, you know, and we get just sick and tired of it then we give it to a brand new ear like we never get the experience of someone listening to our song for the very first time
0: yeah that's true but like like i noticed this thing with rappers because i don't know a lot about how producers are or guitarists are or other kind of because it's all kind of different communities and arguably different personalities Mm -hmm. whatever role you end up taking shapes you a little bit in it i think And I noticed that rappers, and particularly stand-up comics, do the same thing. They perform for their own. And so, rappers hear shit in bars that, like, nobody else hears. And when I mean nobody else, I mean, like, none of my colleagues at work hear the cool shit. They just don't care. It's like they just don't want to see it or they don't have the Mm -hmm. same passion or desire to, like, learn why some shit's dope. And so it's almost like if I ever want them to give a fuck about my music, I can't be worrying about some of the things I think are dope. I have to figure out what other people think are dope. And that has been like the biggest challenge well, I, of my life lately.
1: I, I think that's also because like you're so into into that craft, right? So if you think of, let's me playing guitar – at once I started playing guitar, I would hear every single song differently because I would start hearing the guitar parts in the songs. Like, Oh, he did this and he did that and he did that. Whereas if I would have never played guitar, I would have never noticed that because I wasn't, you know, not doing guitar over and over. Or when I started started uh, learning some drum stuff, now I'm listening to drums differently, right? So I think it's just it's we're in a that different mindset where we're hearing stuff differently because we're just in that craft and other people just want to hear something that they enjoy right
0: and nobody can control it. it's, it's very difficult enjoy. to show
1: someone yeah it's very difficult to show someone every intricate thing that you did like you know it because you've been doing that craft for so long but you know, no one's gonna know that you played a g major seven chord to an e sus you know <laughs> no that that chord change is so epic well yeah is to it? to me like, or you that's epic no, bro i don't but, know what that chord you know, change
0: means like you could have just said any two chords i just
1: i just said a random i just said random chords but i'm just i'm just for an example like that you you know the producer be oh that was such an epic change i did but to the listener would be like oh that that sounded cool
0: you know nah i totally hear that because like at the end of the day, like it's like a almost like an art of, like sometimes it's about the skill of the music, right? And then I think that's mm-hmm. like kind of just the creation process almost, and like composition maybe, but like there's the composition But then people want to listen to songs, and songs are fundamentally products. Yeah, they're not necessarily the same thing as the compositional whatever's of. Just expressing art for the sake of it. I mean, yes, there's creating songs from the perspective of art and whatever. But, like, what people consume are products in the masses. Mm-hmm. They don't really look at music like art. And most people don't treat it. Because music gets attached to memories via so many abstract and, like, different ways. And I find it, like, super, yeah. it's super hard to put yourself in that space. But that's kind of, like, what you're doing now. You're quite, like, literally putting yourself in the space to kind of take what you do and place it into the world into the bigger context with the syndication and things like that so that's like super interesting that you're able to even think like that one of
1: these days i mean like i say you just gotta keep on pushing pushing towards the goal and eventually you'll reach it right you know maybe one of these days i'll get something
0: I mean, that's how I understand it. Is if you just keep pushing and, I guess, strategically <laughs> making choices towards optimizing, not necessarily yeah. your product, but the approach. As long as you're having fun, like
1: yeah, as long as you're having fun, that's all it is.
0: So like, what life is having fun? How did you end up getting into Twitch? Uh, I actually started
1: uh, streaming video games. Um, probably about four or five years ago, I was a video game streamer. And then uh, once I started picking music back up again, I was like, oh, I should start uh, streaming my music making. And then I don't know, it just kind of naturally just flipped. You know, it's very interesting. And it's funny, most of my followers, I think about half my followers now on my on my channel were from my video game
0: uh, my video game era. So like, what kind of games were you playing back then? Uh, I think I was just trying to hit something. I think I was
1: just trying to play every game, uh, trying to just figure out what what this whole streaming is. Like, I didn't really didn't really know about how you have to maintain a category. I didn't know about any of that stuff, right? So I was just like just playing random games.
0: So you have to maintain a category. Yeah, maintain- I don't. I don't know. seems like so now they're okay with for you, super floppy
1: <clears throat> well to build that community to build streamers you have to maintain categories so if you're going to play one certain game uh one it can't be in a saturated market so like don't play call of duty on stream because everyone plays call of duty no one's no one's in the watch you know and then two you should always maintain that game that you're playing, just because that's where that's where you're building your community from. These people like watching this certain type of content, so that's why you are coming to watch that. And then eventually, in theory, I haven't done this. You know, I never got it. Oh no, not Siri. In theory, uh, you uh, you 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 can actually then flip the game that you play once you have a bigger community. At least that's what they say for video game streaming but i mean we're, we're you and me at least are in the music category I'm kind of stuck here
0: <laughs> nah this one is in podcasting and what, what yeah, is and it podcasts yeah. podcast and talk shows or whatever that category is talk that... shows
1: and podcasts
0: because i mean i do that yeah. and then i fuck around in music uh, i figured if i have to record vocals anyway i may as well do it live and then i'll be more disciplined about it yeah <laughs> And so I do that. Not always. Sometimes I do it offline, depending on how much time I have. But, like, I'm going to spend two hours sitting there in front of my computer just fucking hitting control R and then sliding shit around. And there's apparently people who like watching that shit, which to me is kind of weird. But they're like, it's like watching somebody do trick shots. And I'm like, I guess that gave me enough context to see why somebody would want to watch me do it. And I'm like, fair enough. Then, like, cool. Let's run it. I mean, I I was dabbling with ciphers and shit, but then, like, local shit happened. I don't want to go into on cam, but, like, bringing it back is, like, something I would like to do, but with the right local Mm -hmm. people, and it's complicated on that front. Not like it's a big issue, but literally there's, like, lockdowns and things like that, so it kind of got, like, hard to link up with people again, and um, I don't know i've tried other stuff i feel like jackbox seems to be like the flex for fun times with your people and i tried a, yep, jackbox it a great community game and it seemed really fun um what's crazy
1: is uh, what's crazy is these lockdowns kind of brought everyone together like i don't think i'd be on twitch and all this stuff and making all this music if i wasn't in lockdown You know, and I think it, uh, especially during the first part of the lockdowns, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm work from home now, so that gives me more time to make music, because I don't have to now commute back and forth to work, you know. It really opened up, for a lot of people, I think it opened up a second career path for people, or, you know, maybe not career path, but a second path for people, where they can maintain their job and now do something else, which is great.
0: Yes. Um, I definitely think that's cool. Although I'm going to have to go back to work two days a week because they're like, you have to. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that doesn't sound awesome, but it also doesn't sound terrible. I have the weirdest mixes feelings to that. So, but like, I don't know. Twitch has been an interesting experience. I do think in a sense, it's like unlocked way different pivots in my career i would argue Mm -hmm. like it changed because twitch is like now the focus of what i do in terms of delivery of content whereas youtube is now an archive whereas prior to twitch i was thinking youtube first which is a really different way of doing everything and it's way more formal and it's not as fun Mm -hmm. to be honest but like i'm glad i know how to youtube I mean, I'm going to apply those skills and try to do the proper YouTube thing at some point. But, like, it's just trash the way YouTube's is going and as a platform. Like, yeah, all the cool people are quitting and doing private stuff. YouTube ain't going to be yeah. good no more. So I don't know if I want to really focus on Well, what's on cool
1: that. about Twitch is is you're creating that content live. And if you do it properly, you don't need to do any editing. And then you just wait a little bit and put it up on YouTube
0: yeah unless you like
1: i see a lot of streamers that are just like <coughs> we got like a whole team behind them swapping cameras doing everything right and then boom they just upload the video up on youtube
0: yeah mostly like my dude's main role with editing is time stamping so that he goes through yeah. the conversation and like tells me that between like zero zero and like zero five four eight y'all talked about this and like, that's the biggest benefit, but he barely edits anything out. And usually if there is something to edit out, it's like we stopped and played music for, like, 20 minutes or 50, whatever, and it's super fucking yeah. easy to delete that shit. Because you do want to get ready your music for YouTube. They will wreck your life. Or at least they will not they will not let you make any money on that video.
1: Bro, if you just play music? Yeah, I guess they, uh, the AdSense, they turn that shit off, huh?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, like, if it's your own music, you can get away with it. Like, I've uploaded, because, like, I mean, but here's the thing. When I put my shit on DistroKid, I told them, don't fuck with YouTube. So now nobody's claiming my shit on YouTube. So I can put my music on YouTube. But if you click that button and say, claim the shit on DistroKid, or whatever one you use, then YouTube is going to look for it and take the money really to give you back your right. clip back in your, cause they're, they're taking the money for you, but whoever you're working with is taking a clip. <laughs> so it's like, Oh dude,
1: I'm going to turn that off.
0: But like, um, and I'm in a sense, it's like shitty as a, this type of creator, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. good as the other, as a, as a musician. I know people fucking hate copyright and shit, but I'm like, wait till somebody steals your song and makes a million dollars. I bet you're going to feel different yeah. about copyright law. <laughs> like, I don't think YouTube system's perfect. I fucking super dislike how the appeal system works and multiple things like that. But, I mean, end of the day, it's designed to flag fingerprinted music like in that regard to whoever. And if we... Yeah. As musicians choose to fingerprint our music, then it's literally just doing what we asked it to do when we did that side of it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think I'm gonna <laughs> uncheck that button on my distro kid.
0: Like it, it's an upsell <laughs> at the bottom, and like, cause it's not even like one of the main yeah. features. It's like one of the extra options, and I was like, I don't want that shit. Yeah, I want to upload my shit to YouTube. <laughs> but like other, uh, yeah that's a good point right there but like twitch be like not there yet they're still cool they might not stay cool but they're still cool for now i feel like it's not lost on them that protecting the rights of independent music creators is probably like in their benefit right now so it's gonna be a good couple of years yeah. before copyright armageddon's rain down i think you as a reaction well, person yeah. mm-hmm. is in more of a threat than you as a music creator I don't mean yeah, to I diminish think it's like you as a reaction person. It's just the genre would be reaction. Yeah, I think,
1: I think it's something that you got to talk like 50% or something over the video and they won't catch it. No. Like when I do my live sets, I haven't been DMCA'd uh, for a while now and I'm playing like Missy Elliott music, but I'm playing like Missy Elliott with something underneath it. So I'm like combining two songs. I think that's why I get away with it when I do my live sets.
0: Um. I don't know how I it used, works yeah. with the DJs. I think they let DJs go. I think all the majors were like, fuck that. DJs do their thing. That's my theory.
1: Some of my some of my stream does get muted
0: if I leave a song going for too long. That shit happens to me, too. Uh, the, but muting's fine. I'm like, yeah. I don't give a fuck if it gets muted. But, like, I mean, it's shitty for, like, the VOD, I suppose. But, like, from a legal perspective, it doesn't really have any ramifications. And there's no punishment on the channel. But, like... yeah. Where I see it being problematic is, like, one day you cover somebody's shit or I stream somebody's shit. And it's not even – and then it gets picked up and some DMCA happens or whatever. But, like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. the likelihood of that shit happening in 60 days is not high. But it's more what I think we're going to get in trouble is with the fucking rampant use of people watching movies and shit. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the – just chatting. I seen, I saw his girl watch the whole Hobbit trilogy on stream. I'm like, that's got to be. I don't right. think you can do that. But they did do <laughs> it. They just. How many views? I don't know. She's like a young How many... 20, 20. Sh- like a thousand people watching. No, nah, it's, it's low end people doing this shit. It's people uh, with like 20 to 30 fucking viewers. So it's like they're going to fuck it up for everybody because yo at some point somebody's gonna realize that like shit tons of people are just sitting there watching youtube and shit on like stream yeah. but i just don't think major labels care if you dj their shit and you do. yo that's actually a thing uh yo people watch people sleep on twitch that same yeah, person hold up people sleep. yeah that same person i was talking about with the hobbit was doing a 48 hour stream. That's how come I was checking this shit. I was like, yo, you're doing a 48 I hour stream. And they just slept on stream. They just I left the camera that. running. Like good time. And they, she's like, they're sleeping. And she like left a bunch of movies and shit playing while she was sleeping too. And I'm like, fuck my life. If I was gonna do a
1: sleep stream, I would have it to where if you were to donate or something, then something in my room would go off to torment me. I mean you'd make a lot of money on that. I would do it that way.
0: But like you could also just not do it and people would still probably watch you sleep. You just make less money. Like but yo, I don't I don't don't know. We asked Udra if Udra would watch me sleep. (laughs) Yo, that's true. Okay, so one time because I was trying to pitch my girlfriend on Twitch back in the day. Uh, my girlfriend is your lady from Vine. Yeah. I was trying to, like, pitch her back in the day because, like, it was hard to explain how Twitch was about to change from gaming into new shit, right? And I was trying to, like, describe this shit. Yeah. And I said, There's at this big, point in time. Big switch. Um, I'm like, at this point in time, i bet we could find anything you think of and we'll fucking, like, pull it up. Granted, the, mm-hmm. I, I since found yeah. out the search engine is trash and I should not have been so cocky. But she said, find me somebody okay. studying. And we found a fucking person studying on Twitch. They were just reading their fucking textbook studying on Twitch. And I'm like, those people are. That was a real thing, man. And I was really like, okay, no. I mean, I don't know if that's hot, but it just goes to show the realms. <clears throat> but yo, I realize you can do so much on Twitch now. I've walked up the street and gotten seven people Mm -hmm. to watch me on lives. I'm like, listen, if seven people will watch you walk up the street, in theory, if you're doing shit right, a hundred people will watch you walk up the street.
1: Yeah, you see those, uh, I actually like watching these streams where this guy's like biking in Tokyo or something like that. And he has this camera in front of his bike. It's so cool to watch him just bike ride through Tokyo at night. And he gets like thousands of people watching him yo that's what's crazy fire
0: i wonder like i didn't even know like i was thinking about like how you could like film cycled footage because like <clears throat> i cycled in, in like montreal i don't know maybe people want to see montreal <laughs> like yeah to me it's whatever just but... uh
1: gopro and uh twitch can you sync the go yo what's up Soy's real is a is the Go? Oh, dude, Soy's in chat. Yo, Soy,
0: What never is that comes Soy? You're fucking special. Soy soy's one of my in.
1: homies. Yeah, Soy's a
0: homie right there. Yeah, Soy's fucking dope. This is how many homies crazy. do we have? I saw you're not ready. You're not ready's here. Udra Udra, is here. Of here. course. Ismail's here. Soy just popped in. Hello, homies. Um, somebody else was here before, but, but I soy forgot who it is. Y'all fucks with Soy is real. That dude is like. So I was here
1: to learn about Fell. We kind of went through my
0: life already. <laughs> All right. So that's the way we summarize. Fell sang in the choir and it was like Survivor boot camp. I mean, picture like mm-hmm. Survivor, the television show, meets a bunch of children in choir, meets yeah. a dude who made millions of dollars off this shit. Boom. That's the early part of his phase. He was fucking with that.
1: He made so much
0: money. The next part of the phase is um, he moves to Nevada and discovers a passion for game editing and such. And he game edits a lot, which turns out to be hella Mm -hmm. lucrative down the line. And when I say game edit, I mean level designers. I mean custom maps. I mean modding that motherfucker. He was up there running that for a quick minute. Then after that, he decided to meet the people in real life and spend five years doing sociological explorations amongst the realms of the people who would go on to consume his music of right now to understand their psychology, and he invested heavily into doing something that most artists never really do. Well, he described it really differently. That's what I heard. Um, And then after that, he started to busk and do hella shit where he played guitar for food and they wrote a song for an old lady and the old lady wanted to fuck his friend. And they just bust around for a minute. Yeah. and did their thing. She
1: had a peg leg. I th- I swear she had a fake leg because she was like kind of got the little slide on that one leg. Dude, that's a fake leg.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Soy is amazing in chat. I'm like looking at this. And I'm like I don't understand what the fuck he's talking about. But I feel like you know what the fuck he's talking about. Soy awesome.
1: Soy a homie.
0: Soy is awesome. He just streams at times when I'm really free to watch him stream. <laughs> But, like, I think Soy is... He streams whenever I stream. ...is one of those dudes where I, like, <laughs> legitimately... Uh, I, like, anytime I popped into a stream, it's a cool vibe. I respect the man's hustle. I mean, he came up with an interview show called Bridge to Gap. I came up with an interview show called Bridge to Gap. He wears toques. I wear toques. Like, what can I say? I like this guy. It is what it is. But, not like he's uh, Mm a legit and everybody talks highly of him that's how i judge people to be honest with you it depends on what people say about you behind your back and he's one of those dudes that people really speak well of behind his back with great regularly you should know like multiple so that's kind of like a co sign to me that this dude is legitimate that's about all i got on so because frankly he streams often when i'm streaming slash i don't think we're in a time zone where like he goes live where it's like late for me or something might be wrong on that yeah but like um
1: stills he goes on when i'm streaming then i go rate him
0: when do you stream <laughs> uh
1: 6 p.m eastern t- uh monday wednesday friday that's my time uh and then what every other friday i do a live set yeah that's, that's totally why day. if you all
0: stream then that's why i never see you because that's my that's basically what i stream <laughs> I go live on Monday, Wednesday, and lately Friday, specifically around the 6 to like 9 p.m. time.
1: (laughs) And then this Friday, which is uh, New Year's Eve, I'm going to be doing a New Year's Eve live set. We're going to be doing some uh,
0: bass house music.
1: On the racks, I got a fan on it, but on the good old DJ
0: racks. That's fire. One of your party streams, if I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So like, when did you, Casey, it was a couple of years ago you started doing Twitch then more seriously. Yeah. And actually I
1: started like really making music seriously when I started doing Twitch. Like I was making music off and on, but then I just pretty much hammered into it as soon as I started doing Twitch. And especially when COVID hit, because I was like, well, I don't have to drive to work anymore. I just work from home. So I was like, work, music, work, music, work, music. And it's been like that ever since now. I add games now every now and then because I realize that you should take a break and not burn yourself out. You know you want to have fun with what you're doing. You don't want to have make it a job unless you're getting paid for it.
0: Yeah, I hear you yeah. on that. I just saw the engagement on games is ridiculous. And it wasn't like, okay, it wasn't like I was looking for the engagement on games, like from a stat marketing perspective. No. Yeah. It was like when motherfuckers were playing Jackbox, I was spending 30 minutes in their fucking stream and I hated myself because then I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing and I was finding it very engaging. And I was like, oh, yeah. say a word. This shit could be real. Or the marbles one. I never spent 30 yeah. minutes doing the stupid marbles one. But I would spend three to five minutes playing this random-ass game where marbles chase each other and shit. And it made me realize, mm-hmm. like, what are y'all doing marbles then? Marbles on stream. Y'all are just talking. You're like... <clears throat> you're like because like in a show like this like i mean as much as the chat's going i'm thinking about the youtube video after i'm thinking about the fact that it will be on a podcast thing after and like you know you gotta like fit everything in for the non-visual elements of people that can't be like part of the live experience but a stream like that is like yo you could just fucking hit pause and blah 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 for whatever you know it's all good in the hood and it doesn't matter
1: yeah, those community streams. I've also noticed like the people that are watching videos and stuff like that. Those streams are doing really well because it's just hanging out with your community. We're just bullshitting. We're gonna watch a video. We're gonna play some games. Like door just open for no reason.
0: Maybe there's a ghost. ghost. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, my cat was leaving. All right.
0: That's unacceptable. <laughs> That's kind of like a ghost, right? Because cats be like, "Yeah, oh, I'm a ghost," and then knock some shit over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: just go Oh shit where there's another cat on your bed that like I swear it just moved and it was camouflaged oh, yeah. the whole stream
1: That's Milo hey,
0: What's up? So
1: I rescued two cats uh I think it was last November I rescued them from a shelter They're both brother and sister and you could definitely tell
0: Yeah I appreciate that We have two cats here that are definitely siblings, and their fur patterns are radically different. But, like, you look at their faces, and you can see, like, it's the same face. Like, they are clearly related. But their fur, super different. Like, one is, like, fluffy and adorable, and Instagram likes her more. And the other one, Instagram likes less, but she has a pink nose, and she's like... Dang it, Instagram. I mean, Instagram like what it like. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah,
1: this one, uh, you saw him, and then his sister is, like, all black. And he's got, like, this uh, matted fur, and she's got the super soft fur. Yeah,
0: it's like that. It's, like, just different. The female has the, the nice fur. But they both, like, sisters <laughs> in this case. But that's crazy how yeah. cats can be, like, from the same litter. I am surprised yeah. at how much I'm interested in this topic. But it's wild how cats can be – because I'm not really a huge cat person. It's just you live mm-hmm. with cats for half a decade, and then – you can't help it. I right? they cats. They just do cat shit.
1: What's that one brainworm that you put in
0: your head? Toxoplasmosis is the cause of yeah. it. That's what the brainworm does. it's toxoplasmosis. <laughs> That's why when... all us cat owners have that brainworm, and they be like saying <laughs> how like it's like cat poop and a parasite and people be like no it's not possible so i googled it and it's super possible in the rarest of conditions it has to get from the cat poop to your pork or some shit you're cooking
1: start snorting some cat poop maybe and um
0: anyway so that's a real thing y'all can (laughs) google it we're not just talking random it's like uh cats apparently like have it built into them this defense mechanism to make their owners love them more and it's like this subtle brainwashing so the longer you're with your cat the more you love your fucking cat, <laughs> That's a real take them out nightmare. now before it's too late. Nah, I like them because then they get old and they just like lie there and they lose all of their anger. The older they get, they're yeah. just like calmer and are like I can't be bothered to move. Just pet me. Yeah, and go. right now I got a couple of teenagers.
1: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> very rambunctious.
0: So like. So basically you spent the last couple of years then producing music mm-hmm. on twitch and playing games yep. here and there and like is it mostly electronic music that you do like is that your main focus now
1: yeah i do a lot of i try and go to the club genre because i think that's where a lot of the money's at and i really enjoy i've actually grew up with club music or not grew up but like i said uh in my party times, my friend got me really interested in the club music and stuff like that. And ever since then, I've really liked it. So yeah, I I make a lot of club music. I've been making pop recently. Um, I don't make pop as often, but I'm trying to hit one of those charters. So every now and then I'll make a pop song to try and see if, now and then you gotta see if you can make a a charter, you know, like sell yourself out for a little bit. But i like making pop too um but yeah anyways it's mostly club music electro pop pop hard house
0: and so basically do <clears throat> you release it mostly like that's funny fill yourself out that's fucking hilarious yeah fill yourself out <laughs> i don't know if it's really like selling out i mean you like it clearly because you did yeah your market research phase um yeah and
1: and pop music like when you look at a lot of the songs that are being played on television and stuff like that that's kind of the genre that's being played so every now and then i'll go into that genre just to dabble in it and you know eventually something will hit but even
0: beyond that like it's a genre that you could just go DJ at your own events at and shit later on, yeah. which is a whole, like all like we're talking maybe in the, mm-hmm. in the post days in the post, whatever Yeah, a couple of years from
1: now, I might have enough content to DJ my entire set. Um, what I heard right now is when you DJ, what you want to do is you want to sprinkle in your music. So yeah. you play a lot of the charters and then maybe four your four of the songs are yours in that set. out of like 40
0: you know but like still if you're at a hot spot and people be vibing to your shit that could be all it takes that could be yeah. just as hot as like fucking getting how how do you go about getting syndicated like how does that work because like you're again like this guy's trying to get syndicated and whatnot so like How did that? I mean, I assume the thought got put in your mind due to the virtue of watching your homeboy actually pick songs for games and getting racks off of that. But like, how does one actually pursue that route? Like, do you go through agencies? Do you just like? So,
1: according to what my friend says, like he he has a couple people that I guess knows some agencies or something like that. I really don't know how that works, but from my understanding is you just send your music out there so there'll be there'll be some companies that are like hey we need uh we need a song for our ending credits for this one episode and then you'll get like they'll get probably get like 20 people signing in songs right and then they'll pick so that's basically how i understand how that stuff works um until eventually you start building a relationship with them and then they'll just go to you um, well, I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I was syndicated. I want to I want to make some money.
0: <laughs> Man, I never thought about syndication until a month ago. So I just think it's interesting yeah. you brought it up. But like And so I know for video games, there are a lot of
1: blogs and forums out there, like uh I forget what it's called. But where um unlike LinkedIn and stuff like that, where companies will put out or whatever being like, hey, we're looking for uh audio musician for our game or whatever, you know, and then you could get hired that way. Cause it is a lot of a lot of these companies, especially I think on the music side, it's not really all about if you have a lot of experience in the field, it's about how is your sound and can you can you like complete a project, right? So I think that's that all they're looking for. On, on that music side
0: but it's kind of different still than like writing for like a regular audience <clears throat> i guess what yeah. i'm saying is writing for live i think most of us when we go into this we write for like live we picture the yeah. live environment and that but this is just like a completely different ball game because now you're writing for yeah. that perfect scene and episode three when charlene's overdosing or some shit like that well
1: i think a lot of times the music is actually just made separate from that because so i know my friend who's placed a lot of songs like he'll just make a song and send it in he doesn't he's never seen the episode or anything he's just like uh like sometimes giving a vocalist or something and then he makes a song around it or like i don't really think a lot of that is thought of as the producer, maybe in the video editing side, they do that. They think about that song?
0: a songwriter. Because mm. like when you're writing, Oh, because yeah. when you're writing the song, right? Like, yo, like, I realized that there's shit that's for headphones, like people who be putting on headphones and just want to bop to your shit on the bus or in their yeah. room or whatever. Then there's car music. And car music is not the same as headphones music. They don't have the same right. mix. They don't have the same feel. Then there's club music. Then there's, I don't know, stoner music. There's drunk music. Mm-hmm. There's molly music. There's whatever musics. And there's, like, a lot more musics out there. Don't even get me wrong. To me, this is a very wide spectrum of sounds and vibes and things that people go for. And so I just think that, like, when you're looking at TV, like, I wonder if, like, you have to be more strategic with how you write the song with the end because like i heard somebody be like yo nobody even listens to tracks more than four minutes in this one call i did yeah i don't have any experience i did one fucking call but this specialist lady fucking places songs and tv shows i watched so i was like oh i watched the tv show you're looking for fucking shows for the next season on that's cool there's another season coming so like I was like, say words, so you can't be making long-ass songs if you want to be on a TV show. Because if you think about it, who the fuck's putting four-and-a-half-minute scenes? Mm-hmm. Shit like that.
1: Yeah. It's like one-and-a-half-minute to two, two-and-a-half. But also, like, most of that music is pop. Like, that's a different genre altogether. Like, pop, some pop is he- been like club pop. But a lot of that, like, pop or long ballad-type stuff, because you think some... Some shows just like ballads or like really long type, you know, not really beady type beats. So it's a completely different mindset you have to be in. And you got to, a lot of times he, there's a lot of real instruments involved. Like I'll see my teacher, he'll pick up the bass and play it. And that's his loop. And then he'll pick up the guitar and play it. And then he'll get his wife to come in and sing it, you know. Like it's all humanized instruments. It's just whole different. Whole different ball game do you do that like
0: pop and club is different do you know how to do that with like just picking up your guitar and then that's your like yeah so
1: thing? i i've been wanting to do it uh for my music but my uh sound card i'm using a focus right i don't think it's like given the quality of sound that i'm looking for so i'm going to be waiting until i upgrade my my sound <clears throat> card to do that yeah, but right. yeah i mean that's why i got the bass and guitar back there although that's a jazz guitar. So that gives like more lower tones. I need a, a solid body guitar.
0: But yeah, that's why I have those back there. Wait, what? I just need. What's the difference between a jazz and solid, solid bodies? Like the it's regular the solid jazz guitar
1: is. <laughs>
0: yeah, jazz guitar Yo, Let's do it. Demo I'm time. you That's okay. I'm not going to play. No, I'm but like you can hook. pick it up. So demo time. Yeah.
1: Woo! So we got the jazz guitar right here. So if you see
0: in here, it's hollow okay
1: right so it gives you that a nice hollow tone is this in tune it's not in tune that's okay You're you wouldn't be able to tell unless it was like but uh so and you see a lot of electric guitars they aren't hollow right? right they just are a flat solid body which gives you a higher tone and this because it has a lot of reverberation in it this is an epiphone dot this is specifically a jazz guitar but it gives that a lower tone so one, I was like, "Well, this guitar doesn't really fit for the songs that I'm making." And two, the, the quality of the sound because you got the quality of the sound coming in it depends on your soundboard. It just wasn't cutting it for me, so I'm gonna wait until I upgrade some of my stuff.
0: Mm, which focus? But I really want to do, do
1: that. Uh, the four four i four. Nice. Which is
0: decent, but I'm. Do you have the second gen for, or the third gen? Y'all might not know about uh, this, but I'm curious to know if the third gen know. is better. Because I have a second gen 18i8. Baby. Do you have the same issues? Um, I have latency issues that yeah. bother me with Reaper and shit. Yeah. So, like, I have to, like, when I record vocals, I have to slide them after. Because no matter what, like, they're going to be off a little bit. and sometimes it's less bad than with others but like i feel like the whole thing has latency and i just learned how to work around it but that was
1: really bugging me too because i was trying to play live and i can't play live with latency
0: i mean thankfully i can correct the one vocal track to the one beat track in obs and it's good enough for like me to sound kind of on but like i just kind of I, Cause yo, are you crazy? You're like, am I actually like rapping on beat anymore? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I did. So I stopped. I spent like, I spent probably about a month and a few hundred dollars trying to get the sound good. And I was like, I gotta stop. I, I'm gonna. My my audio friend from work was like, yeah, it's your sound card. You should get this. And then he get. Point, I forget what a live way. points speeds to like $1,000 sound card. I'm like, yeah, I should get that at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's always the move, say. Eh? That's why I'm like, try not to stress too much audio quality on the max. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. My room, it's not like as soundproof as others. If I had better gear, mm-hmm. you might hear all the bad I don't want you to hear. Like one yeah. time I was at work and I used to do voiceover shit for them. And anytime a lady went to the washroom and they flushed the toilet that oh, shit, shit was getting picked up on my take and then i got to start working from home one day a week prior to covid because of this believe it or not because i was like trying to record vocals and for every for 30 minutes it seemed like the whole building had to go at the same time and I got, like, and then I told my boss, like, I can't do this. It's not realistic, bro. Like, I can't be dependent on if somebody needs to use the washroom. (laughs) So (laughs) I ended up getting sent working from home. So I built this shit up, even, like, partly for work, partly for myself. So I could go do that shit. But, yeah, no, it's kind of a blessing to have low-end gear sometimes.
1: Yeah. Then you don't hear everything.
0: At least if you're (laughs) doing vocal work. I'm not a producer. So, like... Don't listen to me for production advice. <laughs> listen to me for non-production advice. Although it's pretty good advice for podcasting, actually. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry about perfection if you're a podcaster, or if you're a YouTuber, or if you're a video creator like that. Like, perfection's unnecessary. Just grow over time is the main formula. But like,
1: especially with producing, producing your your main focus is sound quality. Yeah and you need to hear everything you can't get fake sounds like you can't you can't have like low end that's not there like if if you don't have good sound treatment like I need sound treatment I'm sitting in a corner I'm probably getting super low end so I actually have to account for that in my mixes Whereas if I was in a proper studio, I'd be hearing all that all that sound properly and not just reverberating off of everything.
0: Yo, packing blankets are fucking wonderful, my guy. Yeah. They look like ass, but they do a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be moving here in a few months uh, into a new house. And just got approved, by the way. Got approved. We're uh, going to be buying a new house in March. Yeah, I'm going to be building cool. up my studio. Yeah, I got approved today. With some exciting news so yeah gonna be building up my new studio my friend from work's gonna help me i'm like just come over and that's- make my studio like you'd make your studio i'll, I'll buy you a six-pack
0: that's amazing <laughs> no but to like have your own space like you just cop in a house yeah like that's big and all yeah. and all whatever i don't care who you is that's amazing news dude
1: yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting because uh, what I want to do on one of my walls is do like some sort of a green screen from top to bottom, and then on the floor, or house I have green, and then I want to put my DJ racks on there, and then stream there, and I'll be like DJing in space. I
0: think that'll be cool. That'd be awesome. <laughs> ah, that's fire. So basically, like. You're going to get the new house. What's going to come next for you? Like, what is some of your, like, bigger goals for 2022? I want to get in clubs. I definitely want to start playing music in clubs. It doesn't
1: have to be my music. Uh, like, I just want to play music in clubs and then start sprinkling in my music. Um, and then I don't think 2022, but maybe, like, 2025, 2030, Maybe i want to start playing clubs with my own music and doing my own shows you know
0: i'm sure you can bring
1: uger along with me
0: yeah i know you can get to your own show quicker yo if you keep running this twitch shit and you keep like kind of come back because yo, you can do like irl like i mean it would still be a music stream but you can still do dj sets from like live in whatever fucking location you're at right but. yeah that's what i was thinking i was like if i'm if i'm playing
1: in a club if they allow it i'm gonna turn on my phone and i'm gonna stream to my twitch i uh, have homeboys you know. that be
0: like actually running that right now as they like test it out like i dude like literally took his cell phone and it's not the most amazing cell phone is what i learned and just popped it down next to his fucking thing and now it's the whole stream And you know what? Yeah. I found it super engaging because you could like see the waitresses and shit in the back and you're like... Yeah. Especially for like, I don't know, in my city, it's like you're not being encouraged to go outside right now.
1: Yeah, it is super interesting to see environments. I think that's actually where Twitch might be going. Because you have (laughs) these like reaction streams, you have people watching music videos, you have people like going out to restaurants those are streams that get like thousands of views and it's crazy hold up like all these streams are or just like going out in public or anything you know those public streams it seems like those are the ones that get tons of views. to people just want to watch other people walk around you know that that one tokyo bike stream i think it was like ten thousand views or something like that and all he's doing is riding a bike in downtown tokyo at night
0: but he's also in downtown Tokyo. That's the part that's like... He's also in downtown like, Tokyo. That's the thing yeah. where it's like, yo, I know I could get people giving a shit about me walking up 3rd Avenue in New York City. I don't know if yeah. I could get them to give a shit about me walking up my local random street in NDG in Montreal to the same degree. Because let's be real, it's just kind of brown buildings and shit. Yeah. So I do think there's... But, but what the restaurant thing, now that... I actually started fucking with that kind of food content a little bit like we started a little show called hashtag king of the no name because that's what we call our shit the no-name brands when it's not Mm -hmm. the main brands right and so we copped a bunch of regular ripple chips and uh we did a blind taste test of which one was our favorite of these regular ripple chips people love that stuff and i'm like because it's also like if you live in montreal and these are your local brands now you can have a sense of which ones are the greasy chips and which ones Mm -hmm. are the different chips and it does it it ended up being like better than i thought in terms of the helpfulness Mm of it and i'm like say a word just eating chips on fucking stream like i've done some all kinds of pretentious shit to try to get attention with my music career and and then i never thought that the coolest shit ever would be like eating chips dude
1: like, i see some streamers they'll just go to a bar and they place your camera down and they're just talking and drinking but hey every every 20 dollars donated i'll take a shot or whatever doing interactions stuff like that
0: that's wild my homeboy like, was trying people that love out. that stuff what kind you of know. so outside of djing in like real life locations what other kinds of irl streams would you do
1: if I was to do a, another stream, I, I've i been thinking about doing a cooking show because I really like to cook. And I'm thinking about oh, – I'm probably going to do this one one time on my stream, but I want to do a GoPro perspective of cooking. So my perspective – because, yeah, I've never seen a cooking show where it's like the cook's perspective of cooking. It's always mm. like stage cameras. Right. I think that would be cool. So could, and we'll make like, okay, we're going to make Beef Wellington, or we're going to do Duck or we're going to do, you know, something – You know,
0: I love to cook. I think that'd be a really cool stream. I'd watch that. I don't know if I'd watch it religiously, but i definitely watch that here and there. Cooking shows are, like, kind of interesting because, like, I'm pretty trash at it. So I get to live vicariously through you making duck that, like, half the reason I don't want to buy the duck is because it's not cheap, and if I fuck up the duck, that's, like, wasted money. Mm. That's pretty cool. I might just
1: do it because I do a lot of like, uh, I'm still go to my roots. I still do like, here's, we're just getting some hamburger and we're just putting, we're grabbing stuff out of our fridge and we're going to combine something to make something tasty. That type of cooking is really, really fun for me as well.
0: Bro, that sounds really fun to Maybe watch. Maybe I will do it. You're watching you just pull shit out your fridge and make shit, bro. That's like some Gordon Ramsay motherfucking crap. Better have a clean fucking fridge. Tell you that. Yo, know, the leftover challenge, bro. You could do that shit. I watched. Oh that. yeah. Leftover challenge. That's a good idea. And then just like, yo, what the fuck can I oh, feed myself? Shit. Cause yo, sometimes it'd be hard. You'd be sitting there and you're like, I don't really know what to do. I mean, I can make boring shit, but I don't know how to make tasty shit out of what I have left over there. Well, the
1: the Italians are actually known for using their leftovers in their dishes. They would make a meal and then the next day. They would recook that meal into something different. So let's say one day they'd make something. Then the next day, they would turn that into ravioli and make pasta dough and then put their leftovers inside of ravioli and cook that. You know, mm. the challenge are very well known for leftover cooking. That's actually now I'm hungry,
0: it's <laughs> happened sometimes. <laughs> um, let me talk about it. there was a show on Netflix <laughs> where they did that where they particularly took that. That's cool. So, I, I like the way you look at it, and even in a cooking sphere, you could do that in the metaverse. Like, mm-hmm. people undersell how, like, the metaverse could just end up being a flat-screen TV watching you do your cooking on a GoPro. Mm. At least. Yeah, you would need a... Uh, nah, you do... Because, yo, because check for, it. Like, 3D camera. Uh, no, 3D, but... 360 camera you don't have, or something. Because you don't even have to go that hard. Right now, where we're at with it, like, I was in all space VR, because... Um, Some rapper in New York, I I ran into him and the world of Zooms and shit, and he was, like, launching a VR show. So he threw the first hip-hop virtual reality gated you-gotta-buy-tickets concert, which I didn't go to because life was happening for me. But I did end up going to some jam in the park because they're, like, heavy on alt-space VR. And what happened was is they're all, like, in the park with the avatars. I ran into Grandmaster Kaz, the, like, DJ dude from back in the day. And we had mm-hmm. a little fist bump. I thought that was cool. But, like, um, what they were doing, though, was streaming the Twitch feed fucking yep. directly to Allspace VR. And everybody was yeah, content I've with that shit. Doing. So, like, mm-hmm. that's clearly the next two years of this shit, you know? Like, so you could just run everything to VR. And that's where I'm, like, going to try to figure it out is, like, how to bridge that gap. Because, like, as much as it's, like, Twitch is cool, Twitch is stamped cool.
1: Yeah. No, I think the best way to do it is not only with VR, but also use a platform that accepts non-VR as well. Because not everyone has a VR headset, but wants to join in the experience. That's why Allspace is dope.
0: It has a yeah. desktop client. So anybody, yeah. I'm, I don't think mobile, might not have a mobile, but it definitely has a desktop. So you don't need, because I was trying to figure out a solution for rappers. I, I'm not going to get 20 rappers to show up with fucking VR headsets, yeah. bro. That's never going to happen. So if I could find a way to get them to rap, in vr they don't need the vr and it's really for the vr audience right. it's just for the audience yeah that's kind of what i want to that's kind of what i was yeah. doing at the beginning of the lockdown and then i gave up because i couldn't figure out how to deal with sound enough and so i just moved on to twitch and got well twitch is good once you're in twitch you just kind of stick with it you know
1: yeah i think the best way they're doing it right now is like you said where are a uh, stream just basically a website onto a screen in vr so you're streaming their twitch feed I think it's the best way to do it for now, but then again, you could have like because if you're in a 3D environment in PC, you could have whatever special effects you want triggered whenever you want. You can time them to your music. I've seen Dead Mouse or Joel work on stuff. It's I think it's his own program, but it runs through Ableton into uh, visual effects or whatever. And so in Ableton, he has like these certain tags. So like for example every time a kick happens do this visually every time this happens do this visually and so combining those two and then you put it into a fucking experience you can have an entire live show pretty
0: much that's so like i can built... conceptualize that personally i don't know yeah. how to do that i don't know yeah, how I to yeah i mean
1: that that takes programming it so, takes let me people from that
0: I don't know how to do that on the (laughs) budgets that anybody I know can afford. No, it's impossible. Because, like, that's why I'm trying to think of bougier shit, like leverage existing tech. And, like, because, yo, I look at it like this. Five years down the line, whoever's got traffic in VR is going to be the ones that those people are hollering at. And I want to be hollered Mm -hmm. at by those people.
1: Yeah. You got to catch them before they're popular. You know you got to be the ones that have been there from the beginning because then, then you're the one from the beginning. Yeah, I'm still looking for a meta space because I want to do live shows as well. My friend well, and alt-space
0: I... No, Altspace VR is ready for you. It's like set up, ready to go. Space. Nah, I did a lot of research into yeah. Altspace. Um, I had some... Is it Altspace? Yeah, or... Altspace VR, and alt-space. you don't even need VR for it. But it's kind of linear if you have it. Do you have a VR? I'll
1: look that up later. I do. I... Yeah. I'm uh, actually kind of burnt out on VR because I made a game uh killing floor incursion oh i just outed myself fair i made uh killing floor incursion
0: and i spent eight hours a day in vr uh for one and a half years that's wild i don't know what that (laughs) is to be honest but now i'm gonna be a little curious and check it out yeah check out killing floor incursion it's the game i made in vr i was one of the main level designers for that game that's actually wild i'm a geek like that it really hits me in an excitement to hear that um i'll check it out but i got more fast because yo i never really got into vr gaming i'll be honest with you Mm -hmm. i i I caught my rift s because i was like i want to stream and well not stream i wanted to make content and i I did i made a bunch of youtube videos related to vr content for a quick minute then my oculus remotes broke and that took three months to Mm -hmm. resolve Oh, jesus well i okay. had to because i think oculus so i didn't know that the you, solution was put an elastic band on your battery i didn't know that that was the solution i contacted oculus. i had to hold it in place yeah i didn't know that yeah. that, that was going to solve all my problems i went through oculus support and it took them three months for them Jeez, to receive yeah. my things get my shit but not even then it was like a month before i even shipped my shit i got new remotes i suppose so i guess that's kind of yeah. cool but i didn't need new remotes and then i still had the problem and then i found an internet forum where at that point enough people had experienced the issue that the solution was available and since then i you you really because you know i do like boxing and shit in vr <laughs> that's yep. my main use for it honestly is exercise over anything else over yep. the last two years so when you're punching, it dislodges the battery, so you gotta have something to add Oh uh, what's boxing game are you playing? Box VR. Box VR. Okay, I think I've seen that. Um, I like it because have got, you been
1: playing a? a it's got yeah, squats
0: go built in, so you gotta like squat oh, really? a lot. So you end up doing like a good hundred fifty squats, easy. Jesus, that's cool. Over like a twenty-five minute workout, and I feel like yeah. As a big boy, doing the squat move in the music videos was not my favorite. So it became like more than a lot of other things. I care about actually squatting in general. And then it does shape your butt. Okay. That's why like it does have that impact, which is lovely. But like, nah. And then, yo, it was crazy. Just on the subject of this, my girlfriend got me the fucking Nintendo Switch video game with the ring.
1: Oh, the uh, the thing you do that?
0: It destroyed me.
1: I bet because me. all that tension is doing this, but not just this. It's this. It's
0: this. It's I saw. All these I saw someone moves. speed run that
1: game. You should check out the speed run for that game. That looks painful. I saw someone speed run it. How you must be in
0: shape like a <laughs> motherfucker because like they did tricks. You're like going like this or something. Okay, because okay. like yo, <laughs> you literally have to jog. To move your fucking character, and then it's like, climb the stairs. Nah, bro, your knees aren't going high enough. I saw the speedrun
1: for that game, dude. It was amazing.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, video games are going to get me into shape. I know it's the wildest shit, but video games are my health Have you uh, played Beat Saber? I didn't, because I got Box VR, um, and I saw Beat Saber didn't have any squatting or shit. And I never, like...
1: Beat Saber is more arm...
0: But I never felt like I maxed out, like, what box VR. Because I did it for a while. I spent, like, seven, eight months, like, really pushing. And then I had that situation take place. And then I was petty for, like, half a year and I didn't want to touch my VR. Sometimes you get like that. And then I just said, what am I doing lately? That shit was pretty good for my chest. Because that was the wild part, is punching air to beats really builds up this part of your body. And, yo, you start getting more tone. You're like, what the fuck? I'm playing a video game, punching air and shit. And so so I really got back into it a little bit, and I still haven't maxed it out. But I suppose if I maxed it out and I had some solution for my lower body, it looks like one hell of a fucking upper body workout that will fuck you up.
1: You know, it's crazy. That just shows us how stagnant of uh, people we are as a human race. If punching the air gets us fucking tired.
0: Well, <laughs> it's not – okay, but, like, to be fair, it's not just, like, randomly punching air. It's, like – you're doing it for like I do like 45 minutes, right? Yeah. Of like full, yeah, full punch punch uppercuts yeah. like full because it's like the way it does it is it forces you to twist and shit and do all this uh, yeah. shit where it's like you're yeah. strengthening your core, yeah. So like it's kind of like shadow boxing, you know? Shadow boxing was always legit. <laughs> what well, was it uh it was I think it was the monks
1: or something like they just use their body weight their body weight for training. Until it's like too, until it's like not enough, and they'll just add water. You know, drugs of water, but like you can get fucking fit because I mean, however much you weigh, that's the weight. That's your that's your weight that you're pushing up or squatting down. Like you're squatting with that body
0: weight, you know. Yeah, I can't do a pull up. Never have. I probably can't. Never been. I can do push ups, thankfully so i can do like half. My that.
1: arms will fall off. I don't think i can do a push up.
0: But i wonder if after using Ring Fit Adventure, like i feel like so it's so corny to say out loud and shit, but like bro, i might actually end up being able to do a pull up after this fucking Nintendo Switch game.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll send you the video after this of the uh speed run. It's it's great. <laughs> He's just like <laughs>
0: no it's painful bro like that you have to be strong I'm telling you like it, I mean you guys might be laughing at me and you might be like strong I'm not that strong I'm not laughing at you I can't do that shit it's like (laughs) um I can't do any of that dude nah i mean but then i also I realized my that day. some muscle groups you work out more than different muscle groups so like i've been like mm-hmm. on my squat game for a minute so i crushed that squat shit and then i went to the fucking over my head bullshit and oh my fucking yeah. god i didn't know that i'd never worked out these muscles ever <laughs>
1: yeah i've been watching a lot of the uh world's strongest men uh videos on youtube and they they explain there's like even so many different muscle groups just by doing this exercise compared to this exercise you know because you're using different muscles for for all three of those positions and it's like dude that's crazy he's like yeah i'm doing my upper whatever today and he's just doing this
0: like or whatever you know it's like jesus christ yeah, do you do you find yourself in the fitness world? Do you try to keep your health proper?
1: Uh, I try and then I give up. I have weights. I I lift weights. I probably do about twenty or thirty. Uh, of these, I guess you call them reps a day, but that's about it. Um, I need to do more. I have I have a thing on my channel, my live stream or my Twitch channel. It's like. People can spend channel points to force me to work out, and I have that set really low. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, place. I need to do more. I I know I'm lacking on cardio. I think cardio is where what I should be doing right now. But I used to play DDR a lot, Dance Dance Revolution. I actually have a pad in my room, Um but I've actually been thinking about getting back into playing DDR, and I might stream that.
0: I was like, you could stream that. Get cardio. And if you're good, yeah, I bet that I get crazy views.
1: I I used to be really good. I used to be able to play any song on a hardest difficulty setting. Like that was my game back in high school. I
0: don't even know how I get like left footed and two left feeties, mm. and then I stump oh, okay, I used I to play that shit.
1: I used to play double play on two pads on uh heavy or hard mode, whatever it's called. That's like one on highest difficulty and
0: two pads. It's big. How do you do yeah. that? Did you ever get that on YouTube? That shit sounds like a no. I years should waiting for happen. I should.
1: Well, I don't have two pads nowadays, and I'd actually need metal pads to do it. I should get that shelf on YouTube. Oh, they have that shit They're in real... arcades still. Yeah, they do. I should. Uh, make... Well, I would probably die now just doing one step on that thing. But progress. I should get back into it. I used to play, um, and I do. Well, this is what I use now. It's called Stepmania. So it's the PC version of. DDR, and you could put just custom songs in there. You can also put your own music in there and make your own steps. But that's uh, they have like these songs that are called like the keyboard mega packs where it's just like a finger workout and something like that on your fucking keyboard. <laughs> but learning how to do that and then uh, playing a little bit easier songs on actual feet is like I think that's the best way to do it. Learn the most difficult song and play an easier song with your feet. <laughs>
0: So you learn the rhythm of the song inherently to mm. yourself via your body, yeah. your fingers, and then you—on some of them, yeah. Then you bring that to like the feet, and I guess that makes sense because yeah. if you know the rhythm in some part of your body, I guess it. And you're could... not getting worn out either. You mean getting worn yeah. out learning the song, bro? You have strategy. Yeah, but you're shit. not like
1: sweating. You're not like sweating balls, though.
0: You know, learning it. Maybe you want to though because you want to learn the cardio side of it, right? Like maybe, like that's yeah, you part want to build up the, the
1: stamina. Yeah, if you don't have the stamina for it, I should get back into it. Do people like
0: speed run DDR? That. Can you speed run DDR? I don't think so because the songs are uh,
1: all the same length. People do like do perfection runs of like playing the hardest song and getting like triple A scores and stuff like that. Like perfection runs.
0: Are you a speedrunner?
1: Uh I try to kind of I wish I was. i I've been trying to speedrun Minecraft. Is there an end? Goal in spy-
0: I don't know how you would
1: okay. Like... So in Minecraft the speedrun goal is to defeat the
0: the inner dragon. What's the inner dragon? You gotta understand the final really boss. Is like... So, it basically, defeat the final boss. So, when you spawn a Minecraft universe, there's always a final boss to defeat? Yeah. Okay. And then your goal is to then build up your little Minecraft universe. Because I don't really know what the point of Minecraft is outside of that. Well, ice. the
1: goal is to get to the boss as fast as you can and kill it. And if you're speed running. Right. And, final... and, like, you're not really building up anything. You're. You have goals in mind, but it's so difficult. I can't do it. I've tried a few times on my stream and I just make a fool of myself. I'm
0: sure it's fun to watch though. Maybe. Sometimes it's because like, <laughs> like if you get better over time, like I'm I don't know, I don't have a lot of speedrun watching. The only person I know who's fucking speedruns is fucking what's his name? Uh Awkwards. And okay i know awkward i watched him or i've seen him i should do say the same fucking level on like three or four occasions but like watching his finesse with it over time was like super fascinating and then watching him get frustrated while i don't have to get frustrated is also really nice like i yeah. get i get to just watch him go through it and then his perseverance makes me want to copy-paste more at work or whatever. <laughs> it was really like a weird effect it had. I wasn't expecting to enjoy watching people speedrun. Um, watching yeah. people get mad
1: and frustrated. And you're just yeah. sitting back like, oh, I'm not frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good vibe. I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. what it is. But yeah, no. Um, that's cool, man. I, pr- I appreciate you. I don't know, I don't know how much more time you have because i saw you pick up your lighter how much does that mean he wants to go take a smoke break
1: i mean i can smoke right now i'm just playing with it mm. i just turned on my air conditioner
0: i have all the time in the world dude all right cool i just want to make sure i'm not overstepping sometimes people do these like fucking hard stops out of nowhere some of them don't go along but you're like a whole vibe i don't have a producer behind me with looking at his watch Nah, it's not that it's people be parents and shit there's nothing that'll fuck up your interview time slot like a daddy yeah yo my daughter be needing me i want to keep talking to you but do you hear that crying in the next room (laughs) and you're like yeah you should probably go be a dad now that does sound like that's the responsible shit to go do Especially because now that it's like COVID times, everybody's just fucking home and shit. <clears throat> so dang yay, day.
1: yay COVID. But I'll um, take on, I'll take a hit on the stream.
0: Yeah, you can. Like I said, we, we discussed this ahead of time. Why is this even like a matter? Because my streams in Canada, so I can just be like, "It's all good, baby." Is federally legal here? So Twitch's rules are, if I understand them. You, yep. you can't break the law with drugs. So I'm, yep. I imagine that means you can go pretty hard in Spain. Uh, but, like, you can't do shit, like, whatever it is. And if I'm not mistaken, in Georgia, it might not be the safest. Yeah, We're
1: on your stream, not mine. Right. This is a Canadian <laughs>
0: stream. It's all Canada right here. That's right. Everybody's in Canada right now.
1: One of my uh, workmates was from Canada, and he was a contractor, but he came down... We had him in Georgia, um, but he'd have to go back every few years for a few months so that he had to reinstate his uh, work visa
0: yes. and he'd come back down. There's some shit and where he would just like, like, you got to live here yeah. like half a year plus a day.
1: Yeah. And then he would just like go biking in Greenland or something on that. He's like, well, I'm on a three month vacation. I'm going to go biking.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, dude that's a life that is life right there yeah i'm not even gonna lie yeah. there was this homeless guy who dressed up as spider-man and shit and a few of them and munch it off and they'd be homeless as fuck all year and we would judge them and then they'd just spend the winter in florida partying and like i would be like shit man i don't know like i got some shit figured out that i didn't was what I he's not homeless no nah, i mean he literally because they literally don't have homes they just hang out
1: okay so he's They're just quite, living
0: off his bank account living on the street they make crazy money being street performers because it, it's montreal oh, okay right? so i don't know how big yeah. the city you're in is but like i'm gonna be real if you're a good street performer in montreal you could probably make enough money to go spend six yeah, months yeah i've seen uh,
1: street performers in like new york and the bay area and stuff like that yeah
0: so like this dude what this one guy just a spider-man and shit and he would you, you fucking watch him like smoking and shit too like because he, he's just, and then they'd be like the squad of people that be always fucking there and then they don't have homes because they're like why am i paying rent bro and they just live off of like restaurants yeah. and shit and they figured out wherever they do their showers and they're they-
1: doing the busking they're doing what i was doing yeah, i busking. needed food so i go play at a restaurant but they save all their money, right? Way.
0: So they pull like 100 yeah. a day or whatever they pull doing whatever they do in whatever location. Yo, because like Place even the busking. Yo, yeah, I found out that because uh, Montreal subway system has a busking program. So if you show up at like 5 in the morning when the metros are open, uh, you could like sign up on a paper and get the good time slots. Really? Uh, and bro, it's like money is what I got told. Like we're saying like I don't make money compared to what those buskers make doing what they do per hour.
1: We got to do is take some DJ racks out there with some
0: speakers and just mobile DJ. The problem is, is the busking program is for people who aren't actually doing shit like me. So I don't think it's ethical for myself to do it, given what I do. It's for people and it it says it right in their fucking guidelines and shit. So like, it's for buskers. Yeah. Like they're trying not to have like people trying to- You don't want
1: this one up everyone- like they don't (laughs) you just one up everyone and everyone's just like coming to you and all these buskers are mad at you but
0: i think they're trying to also avoid (laughs) having like somebody who could be busking and like making their living lose their slot to like signed artists and shit trying to like do promo runs because it's not even like like, me it's like where it could go do you have to audition for it okay maybe you have to audition for some of them dead
1: mouse just comes down and Because he's from Montreal. Dead Mouse comes there's
0: down. Is Dead Mouse from Montreal? Same yeah. word. Dead Mouse is a Canadian. Yeah, from Montreal. I had no idea Dead Mouse is from here. We should claim yeah. him. I listened to a few of his tunes. Yeah, I think you guys do. I mean, when I say we should. I think should, you guys have claimed him. I mean, I don't really know a hey, hit. Like, I'm at my circle. Because, yo, we don't really think a lot about the successful Montrealers that much. Because there's not like. S- like, Dude, there's a lot of them. There's so much EDM but
1: coming out of Montreal. Yeah. There's so much. It's really good. Yo, my
0: brother used to be part of this. Like, the scene. Okay. Like, my brother was part of the scene when it was cool back in like 2010 to 2012 that yeah. birthed all the fucking people that are like popping now. Like, there's a good chance I've done Molly and watched some of the names that you might geek over when they were nobodies. Yeah. And I don't know who the fuck they are. And then and I was just at those shows because they used yeah. to do like the abandoned warehouses and. Yo, Kei is, like, different, though. Kei Trinata is, like, royalty. I mean, when you have Grammy award-winning from your city, you're, like, bro. And he's, like, hip-hop connected, too. So, like, and Dirtworks also from one shop we're just going down that path. He produced for Kanye West's... Um, he keeps getting Grammys because of Kanye. It, it's, like, wild to think, Dang, right? Kanye. Like, Kanye just keeps winning yeah. this man Grammys. Um. Yeah, Kitchenette is kind of like, if you're at all connected to music in this city, you know who Kitchenette is, you know who Arcade Fire is, uh, the Grammy mm-hmm. Award winners from your city. And then none of us really talk about Celine on that much, unless you really like her music, but like,
1: eh, not my favorite
0: kind of music.
1: There's a lot of talent. A lot of talent coming out of Montreal. That's crazy. But like, it- almost... But like all my all, all the people I listen to pretty much Montreal and, and uh Europe.
0: Yo, I would love no to at from some the point West. like get a list of your Montreal names. I'm gonna run up by my brother and see if I know any of these people. Like it would be wild to think that like this motherfucker you're geeking to has just been on my Facebook for like seven years and I had no idea that they were like hot.
1: Alright, I'll give you a list. I'll I'll uh, ask my best friend because he's way better with the names, and I'm uh, give me some names.
0: Yo, I've been telling people for a minute the EDM scene was like hot. I had no idea it was like it's that hot. hot. Like, yeah, that's wild. Because yeah. like, like I I could tell like our biggest festivals were like EDM ones, and like the be- okay like the best underground events I went to were totally raves. It was like I mean just yeah. fiscally speaking, like this is club
1: music. They could yeah.
0: afford to pay their artists. <laughs> Like, it was like, they could afford to pay their artists. Holy shit. Rap ain't be paying anybody. Metal's not doing that well. None of the other genres Mm -hmm. are doing well in my city. But EDM is like, I don't know. Maybe it's also because, like, the culture that surrounds it is kind of like what it is. And it's hot. But, you know, as I was saying, we were talking a little offline. I was saying how
1: rap and EDM and pop kind of are the same. Because you can rap on an EDM track. You can rap on a pop track. And a lot of these top charters right now are pop slash rap. I'll go into pop verse and then rap
0: and then pop verse. Like Those are some of the top charters right now. I can tell you between 2012 and 2017, finding an EDM producer in Montreal that wanted to work with me was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. For a giant city, it's super segregated. And I would argue... there was not a lot of in, i can't say now i ended up youtubing as of 2017 and my like connection to the irl part of the scene is not what it should be so it's something i've got to fix in 2022 personally but like yeah it would be like because i've been trying to work with bands and shit like i'm all about that bands would be like bro i love what you do but like i make this kind of music and then the, the whole scene for EDM would be like, I make hard style. I make this kind of I, style. See, it, I make this kind of rap. Yeah. And then it's like... These people that are stuck to their genre, they're going to be stuck
1: to their genre forever. That's why music is music. If the music's going to fit it, let's make it, right? Right. Like, I don't want to be stuck to a genre. That's why I like making a whole bunch of different types of genres.
0: I think it has a lot to do with the yeah. fans because, like, I am in the Montreal Rave group on Facebook and shit. And yeah. that's how the fans go to this shit. They identify as hard style kids and side trans kids. And, you could still, yeah. Because then when you're trying to build, because this is about the more the marketing side, right? Like, you're trying to get booked now. So what ends up happening is what I understand it, because, again, I just talked to a bunch of EDM dudes over the last while, just by virtue of my life, and I understand it that they'll just rebrand. They'll just make eight acts out of themselves, and each act is the mm-hmm. particular subgenre that'll get them booked at whichever festival yep. is required that they can do their music, and you can't even just be, like, one guy in that world.
1: Yeah, a lot of times, and I've learned this since I got signed to uh, Sunny Beach, it's like, I'll make a song, and then they will send it out, and have like eight different people remix it on their genre the sunny beach records is actually it's the label i'm under it's uh it's a a low up-and-coming label but
0: uh shout out to sunny beach when did you get signed that seems like a big thing Uh, i got signed probably about three months ago four Mm. months ago
1: it's one of my really longtime friends who owns a label and i was like put me under your label okay your music's good enough now what does that do for you so for me um, they still are a lower end label but they do a lot of the marketing for me they do a lot of uh, pushing me on social media um, I really don't have to do a lot of social media work anymore they pretty much push it for me tell me what to do they're working on getting me in clubs tell me what I need to do get in clubs you know, I need more followers you know, for a club to be like, hey, let's get fell," because 'cause he's got some followers, you know. Um, that's pretty much all they've been doing. Oh, oh, then every song I make they'll um they'll send it out to be remixed by other people or um
0: say a word. Yeah. The one- that's always nice. Like, mm-hmm. The one thing I learned about labels doing this is they're a giant network of people who network better than artists. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much.
1: And I made sure that the label that I'm under is like, I own 100% of my music. If I was to go to another bigger label, that's fine. I get it all. So that's what you have to really make sure when you get signed to a label is that you own your, you own your music. Because if you, let's say you, uh, let's say you're making a song or you have a song releasing your label, then he sent it out for like let's say mousetrap mondays you know dead mouse's feedback he does like once a month and he's like i love this song i want to sign you i want this song he a lot of times he can't have that song because now it's owned by that label right so or anyone who wants that song now can't have that song because it's owned by that label so you have to make sure that you own 100 percent of the rights of your music
0: question but if dead mouse then wants to own your song is it worth selling it to dead mouse
1: Oh yeah, he'd be a huge label. I'd go to him in a heartbeat. That'd be Mousetrap Labels.
0: So you're saying it's totally worth it to sell the song if the label is a big enough machine to give you enough bang for your buck?
1: At least for me, I would do it. I would do it because that would give me that would put me under millions of of views, right? Yeah. On a high label. I mean, I would do it. I'd sell out. I don't think it's
0: selling out. I'm. <laughs> um, I don't think it is either. I think it's taking a higher price. But it's not even anything like that. Like, personally, I don't give a fuck about my masters the way I'm supposed to. I know a lot about business. I'm pretty sure I could do pretty well without owning my masters. Nobody's buying my shit right now anyway. And if people want to buy my shit, if I could make – if somebody makes a million off my song, I could make a million off the next song. I'm not that stressing on my masters. I'm more worried about, like, five years – deal five album deals and that shit's scary to me that's the shit i would really watch for but like the more i look into it like yo i don't know a lot about booking i'm not great with pr writing press kits all the social media shit like i want somebody to tell me what to tiktok i don't want to think of what tiktoks i have to do by myself no idea and yeah and so these people have actually been helping me so
1: they'll they'll instagram for me and then they'll also be like, hey, you should do these types of posts every now and then. And I'll do those.
0: And then, like, you know, it's like uh, the majors let mm. you go around the world. Bro, how else are you going to see the whole world? Like, fuck yeah. that. Own my masters. Send me to Switzerland and shit. And then, you know, I, you might say they make a million dollars on it. And they might. But But if your label is making a million dollars, you're making probably close to that as well. But even beyond that, even if I get a hundred thousand, that's still a hundred thousand. Like, I mean, like nine times out of ten, when I look at the numbers, people be mad about. I'm like, man, maybe I'm just not rich. But that number doesn't look like it couldn't change my life. Money's money. As long as it's worth it well worth it right? like to be fair like i don't know if i want to like the five thousand dollar price tag to sell a song to the video game is an interesting number because five thousand is one of those numbers where like i know i can make five thousand i just don't know if i can make five thousand in a moment that fast every time so like it's kind of like do you want to give up because then if you sell it to the video game right the label dead mouse can't own it either yeah he wouldn't
1: be able to own that one That's was correct
0: So it's like, these are super interesting. So let's say, okay, let's say a video game wanted to buy a song then. Are you cool with that, given the same kind of idea with deadmau Or would you have just created something different for that?
1: I'd just make something different, because every song I make is hopefully better than the last. You know, so if I make something in the future, it's going to be better than whatever I made, whatever I sold the video game company, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll make better music. I mean... That's just if I'm not making better music if my
1: music's going down in quality, I'm doing something wrong. I mean
0: <laughs> you just you're really good at what you do like you're beyond the point where like I feel like you would make bad like I feel like you hit a threshold where your ten thousand hours, whatever arbitrary fucking thing it is yeah. you you break past that and now your bad shit is still good. So now it's just yep. about style and preferences and marketing and who fucks with it. You might change. And then I mean,
1: what we're saying, maybe even our bad shit is our most popular.
0: <laughs> bro, like there, there is one guy who watches me who told me the 2009 bullshit where I made the beat. I yeah. don't know how to make beats. I push, bu- bro. I don't even fucking twist knobs right and shit. He said that was hmm. his favorite one, and I'm like, "Huh? Ha- t- <laughs> what? This is like, like that was
1: garbage. I put okay. that out
0: because it's like here's the cute novelty of my shitty 2009 yeah, fucking I'm song. And yes, yes, like Ismail, it, this was you. This was you, Ismail. He's right there validating. This is a true <laughs> story. And I'm like, how? Like, to me, and like my voice is so flat because I don't know how to do yeah. anything." I- <clears throat> And and that's just, yo, you, you might be right. It might be your worst shit in your mind is somebody else's favorite and music. That's why I'm like when wildly like when hip hop heads and shit be like hating on shit. And I'm like, you might hate that, but like, man, people like all kinds of bad songs. Sometimes I like songs cause they're bad. I mean, look at the Island Boys. It's not that bad. <laughs> like they're kinda like on beat and shit. Like I mean it's not my favorite. I wouldn't go out of my way. To be fair. I just want to go there and just like start with scissors I'll, on the island boys and just Yeah, here's what it is. Everything about their vibe. Listen, they have another song where the music video starts with them both eating booty next to each other, and I'm like yeah, no, it's real. Yeah. I was curious. I wasn't curious about the that track. I was like, it just it was in my face, and then they party the rest of it. And I'm like, I don't know, twenty year olds in Miami, but the acapellas weren't shit. Like from the delivery, yeah. like from a vocalist point of view, the goofy, all the other shit. But I was like, oh, they're actually kind of got better delivery than a lot of rappers I know. What they're saying, whatever, but. It's a hit, because the world said it so. is a hit.
1: I don't think they're gonna make another one now. The world said so. So here's something I heard that they may have sold their soul because they did a they did a TikTok video saying that they regretted sharing, selling their soul, and it was a uh, bad and evil. And they didn't like it. And that's what I heard. though. it's a conspiracy. But they did a TikTok video saying that shit. I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense how your how that song uh, became a hit no reason
0: no tiktok is the reason bro tiktok is yeah that's
1: true tiktok tiktok is i gotta start tiktokin i heard music does really well on tiktok
0: i think you can do a lot with tiktok here's something you could do like like little producer challenges for rappers where like you sit there and you're like and whatever the beat plays and you just look over and be like little who'd be hot on this and you let them duet it okay that's one flex i mean tiktok's about traffic and once you get traffic it's about flipping that traffic into monetization everything you do Mm -hmm. on tiktok doesn't matter unless you get traffic there's the side of tiktok where the music you release might go randomly viral that's hard that is so random that if the labels knew how to do it drake would be doing better kind of thing on tiktok yeah so i don't really think people know how tiktok's algorithm works well enough but what i can tell you is if you consistently pump out tiktoks you have no idea when that tiktok could be a million view tiktok and that it will be the easiest and freest platform for you to put out content and the more i fuck with tiktok the more i realize it's really fucking easy like to make tiktoks like it's time consuming as in like so is every other kind of video you make i suppose yeah. so like but i could see how like with practice you could be banging out in like an hour or a week's worth of tiktoks maybe two hours like really banging out the heart of your tiktoking and like then if you get traffic you can sell tiktoks i mean like yo i'm gonna start doing mm-hmm. little tiktok music reviews and then if i have enough traffic it's twenty dollars for a shout out review whatever call it what you want I mean, that's That's interesting. That's a real tactic, bro. Like, I mean, you want to have traffic. So that's the hard part where you got to do all the shit to get your traffic. But once you have traffic on TikTok, you can do anything. People don't try hard like you think. They just try hard on the editing and to make it look nice and to present whatever image they want. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's, like, really shitty TikToks. Like, it's so random, bro. People overthink the talk. But I love the talk now. I hate... I'm, I'm like, finally becoming one of those... I don't know if I want to keep using Facebook, people. I mean, Facebook's dead. I want to be using Facebook. It's good for old people, bro. Anybody over the age of 27 still on Facebook. So it's, like, cutting off, like, half the world. (laughs) Just Mm. because of, like, this perception. Like, I mean... My literal yeah. day job is related to growing Facebook groups for companies and shit. Mm. That's what I do. I don't do level design. I okay. do community building and reputation management. <clears throat> so it's like, now nah, Facebook popping, Like, you can make hella cash on Facebook. It's just that you're not going to reach 18-year-olds. You're just going to reach 40-year-olds. So if what the fuck you do is good for 40-year-olds, there actually may just be a Facebook play that's being overlooked because people be thinking about it different. TikTok is every age group, but that percentage of that age group that likes TikTok, it's like the same percentage across all age groups. There's people who TikTok and people who don't. And then yeah. Instagram is more youth-oriented. And apparently teenagers and shit fuck with Snapchat. And I'm like, what? And they're not doing it for no titties and crap like we were doing it. no. They're doing it for, like, intimate friendship connections and shit. So, like, it's wildly specific what platform you want to use based on who the fuck you want to reach. Kind of like syndication is and how you design it. So, like, people sleep on Facebook like crazy, but I write all kinds of ranty-ass shit because it keeps me relevant in Montreal's local hip-hop Facebook community. I don't give a fuck about Mm. any other community on Facebook. Just that one. Yeah. And it keeps me relevant there. And it's worked out well for me. But I don't pretend like Facebook ad money is worth a dollar for my goals. It could be good for your yeah. goals, though.
1: Yeah, I've been kind of staying off Facebook. It's toxic as music all
0: stuff. fuck. It is not happening. It definitely
1: is. No. I think I might move over to um, what were we just talking about.
0: TikTok. TikTok. TikTok's cool. Yeah, I think I might move over to there. And it knows you, bro. It's weird how cool the algorithm is. Because, like, I don't see TikToks that make me angry. I've, like, never seen a TikTok that made me feel inflamed or Mm -hmm. unhappy. I see some boring-ass TikToks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to act like every TikTok's a hit. But, like, they just don't show me the shit that's going to make me sad. So it's like the opposite of Facebook. Like if Facebook shows you all this shit to make you mad and unhappy and fuck with you. That's all Facebook is. Then TikTok is yeah. like, we're going to tell you what girls you find hot within four hours or guys or whatever. Just like, <clears throat> we're going to tell you that shit. And you're going to find out yeah. what kind of comedy you like real fast. And we're going to find out which memes are the right memes. And it's weirdly cool. I mean, it gets, it's creepy, but cool. It's like what algorithms could be in a positive alternative world where Facebook doesn't dominate the meta.
1: Yeah, where they aren't trying to get you to fight each other.
0: I think they're going to cool off a bit. They got mad at me for posting, if young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. Which was stupid. Oh, wait, well, yeah. I don't know why I posted that. I can see why. I could see why too. I was not sober. That's why I, but like, Dude, non-sober Facebook is the, is the best, though. I mean, if I'm going to get <laughs> clipped on that kind of dumb shit, like, let me get clipped, like, saying some dumb shit. That was, like, yeah. the dumbest of the dumb shit. And I got yeah. this little Facebook, like, <laughs> fuck you. And I'm like, oh, right. I'm not allowed to just say what I want on Facebook. Fuck you, alcohol.
1: Yeah. I think I'm shadow banned on Facebook. But that's another story.
0: I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think shadow banning is kind of like overrated in its concept. I think what happens is, is that algorithms follow trends based on interest. So if you were posting whatever the fuck is relevant on your timeline, you would just get seen. And if you're posting new there's, shit
1: or... There's a lot of times, though, where I'll get a comment. Like someone will comment my post and I click on it and it won't take me to the comment. And this happens like multiple times in a row.
0: Is this on desktop? Like yeah okay that's not okay here's here's my it's it's
1: not them fucking here's my theory
0: on this okay y'all may not agree with my theory but what you guys might not know is 80 percent of facebook users are mobile users
1: yeah i'm mobile on it as well
0: but On on your phone it almost always works though i think so yeah it's only on desktop it doesn't work so what i think is that they make it shittier on desktop on purpose to make you go to your phone so they don't explicitly okay. tell you to it but that feature does not work for me that's an everybody thing on yeah, desktop. i just
1: okay because i was like dude i get all these comments on you know uh maybe a controversial topic and i want to see what they responded and
0: nope no that shit happens to me <laughs> on like every post on my page like my music yeah. page. So it's not it's okay. not that. It's like it's really just like – because you know, Facebook can't outright be Our like, fuck you, paranoid. get off desktop. They can't do that because people like me are going to be like, yo, make it, shitty guy. I'm on. Game on. Like, Facebook and me are going to tangle yeah. for a long time on this issue. But like <clears> – <throat> so they make it harder. And But the truth is is then you do go to your phone to click on that notification. Yeah. Now you're using Facebook on your phone. I don't. I do. I just say FF. <clears throat> But that I don't care what they were gonna say anyways. But it really (laughs) is better (laughs) that one thing because there might be some weird shit. I really believe has more to do with Facebook trying to brainwash me out of using their desktop application and to go into the phone. Because my company um, develops apps, and the most miserable experience is when like the new app drops. That knowledge base gotta get updated, bro.
1: Yeah,
0: all the screenshots all the articles all the replacing version numbers and shit and that's a expensive ass thing to upkeep and shit so it's like the support costs kind of like force companies to like force people to simplicity so nobody wants desktop nobody likes it right except for me and the people who like desktop shout out us the squad yes
1: (laughs) shout out desktop squad
0: no, nah, I mean that. I'm a PC motherfucker. That's what it is. Yeah, me too. I hardly ever use my phone. I use my phone and my PC, but I hardly ever use my phone for shit like like typing. Because my, my, my WPM be like, hella high on my fucking like you know keyboard. And then it drops to nothing with my thumbs. And I typo all the time. Mm-hmm. If you see me making spelling mistakes, I'm telling you I'm on my phone. of the time I make a typo, I'm on my phone. Well, dude, autocorrect, too, gets you, too. It's like, no, I'm spelling it correctly, but you just changed the word. Thank you. Mm. (laughs) I'm on that Android life with no autocorrect, but I Uh, uh, hear that. Phone tied
1: to my iPhone. I want to get away from it.
0: I want to switch to Team iPhone. I don't really have any, like, love, and I know it's weird to say it, but Mm. I thought about it long and hard from an app development perspective, and – the app ios store has better apps than the google play store and clubhouse happened where drake's hanging out on clubhouse and i can't even go on clubhouse because i'm too poor with my fucking two thousand dollar at the time or whatever it was fifteen hundred dollar galaxy s whatever so it's not even like a money thing it was just yeah i went galaxy and i found out that From an app dev perspective, Google Play is perceived as like the poor markets because the whole world uses Android. So when you run the Mm -hmm. demographics of Apple users, yo, Apple's cost 2000 USD across the world. They don't fucking change their prices in other countries. So the price, sorry, the average revenue per Apple user is probably like six figures plus, whereas the average revenue for Android user is so small. So... I started thinking about that shit and I'm like, whoa, I might be missing out on some serious opportunity cost in music. Because, if... yo, uh-huh. every one of your favorite musicians has an iPhone. All of them. They all have iPhones. I don't know any yeah. of my favorite musicians that have a fucking Samsung for some reason. Maybe there's something in the Apple ecosystem that just flexes or communicates something. Because, yo, 100% having an iWatch tells people things about you. Oh. Uh-huh just does
1: yeah i don't know the thing with the iphone is it's so protective with the android you can just put any app that you want on it like as an app developer or a game developer i want to be able to put my whatever project i'm working on directly onto the phone and test it instantly with the iphone you actually have to put it through the uh the apple store in order to test your app it's just a hurdle you have to jump over
0: oh but kitty from like a I don't know how much it applies for games, but I do know a bunch about software UX design and designing for Android is a lot harder than designing for Apple because Apple has controlled screen sizes. So you can kind of almost go with like one interface fits all. And it might not matter as much in a game. I don't know. I assume size matters more in a game, but like your aspect ratio could fuck up your whole design and having to do everything web responsive when you're dealing with like, Um, productivity tools is kind of complicated, actually.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So, like, what I think happens for stuff like you know, sound engineering tools, video video editing softwares, like that kind of shit, the creme de la creme is not on Android. They don't have to be. They can sell their app for twenty five dollars on Apple, and people will buy it because they make enough money. That was what made me go, oh, what the fuck am I missing over there? Like, what what am I missing? Plus. Half the time you go to any best app lists, all the really interesting out there new shit, it's always Apple only. Nobody starts on Android. Everybody starts on fucking Apple, you know? Yeah, even I started on Apple, and I had an
1: iPhone 3 for the longest time, and there was a 7 that was out, and I still had the 3.
0: (laughs) Nah, but that's a testament to the longevity of the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Back when they were, like, was good product. F- fucking bulky and heavy and shit. Fuck, you remember yeah. how heavy phones used to be? I had the Nokia. I used to have
1: a Nokia, um, thing, and played, a uh, Snake on it. That was the only game. Bro, I had snake. one.
0: I have one in my fucking closet. Like, I don't know if it's a Snake yeah. one. I think it's one of the Nokia ones, no Snake, but I got one in my closet. Okay. With the fucking... Click, click, antenna shit, and you yeah, flip the, yeah, fucking, pull out the antenna. fucking plastic yeah. piece that went over the mouth. Oh, let me make a phone call. Yeah, that was some real shit. Hello? Oh my gosh, 1942 calling. Man, you in 1942? <laughs> could they could they do that? I guess so. I guess they had phone Well, let
1: me pull out my my mobile rotary phone. Hello.
0: bro. Do you remember when car phones were a thing? Like they had that yeah. car phone, and then
1: that was a style of class too. You were classy if you were pulling out a car phone.
0: That was, and then you got to think you had the car phone, and now it's <laughs> illegal to drive in the car and talk. Like that. I guess now, I guess with automated Bluetooth, everyone's kind of got a car phone in this future. But they were like yeah. flat out, like holding the receiver on like their hands, like it was like a full on fucking phone back. Yeah, then.
1: it was a full on phone. Yeah. That's wild shit. Yeah, nowadays it just
0: goes through the car speakers. Yeah, do you like do playlists and algorithms and shit to help you find new music? How do you like find shit if you were going to like do DJ work? So um,
1: my main play- playlist is different than my DJ playlist. I Pretty much any song I like, I'll, I'll push the favorite so it goes into my like songs, which is like 600 songs now. When I'm looking for the songs for DJing, I will search Spotify. I'll do like uh, top club songs or club song playlists or whatever. And then some of those songs have like 100 or 200 songs in their playlists. And I'll just go through every single one of them. It takes a while. But I'll go through every single one, determine what key they're in, and then put them into a folder. Yo,
0: how the fuck uh, do you
1: determine what a song's key is in? All right, so you just listen for the bass note, and then I match the keyboard. So it matches. Okay, that's that's what key said. It's in the key of. Uh,
0: Let you me know. ask you this. Play, a play way.
1: this play the that's note like, until like, it, uh, it until
0: it sounds like it fits. That's how I do it. So, like, I'm only asking this for like super selfish reasons because I just like yeah. okay, let's say I want to actually auto tune myself because like yeah, I what, whatever your bass note is, it's bro, I, I like don't key know. You're in. I don't even know. How so you go to, like this. But I don't you have you a keyboard. You play the bass. So I oh, have to well, find you're like, a have digital to... keyboard or something.
1: Yeah, because well, that's how I do it. I play the bass and I'm like. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's the note. Okay, now we're in the key of, uh, you know, B flat.
0: Fair. I suppose that makes a lot of sense. Nine times
1: out of ten, it works. Every now and then it will be like, oh, no, this is actually a different mode. But dude for electronic music or the type of music that we make, it's nine times out of ten that's what key you're the key that you're in is whatever that's the bass is writing. That's fair.
0: I mean I sorta of know what that means. That's enough shit I can like figure out. I mean I know what it means. That's enough, how do like, I do it. I don't fully know the bass part of how to figure out how to implement that into real life action, but in theory it sounds simple enough to like click notes to figure out what notes are. Play a
1: song play a song and then just like hit a note until it sounds like it belongs and then keep hitting that note
0: and make sure it belongs and that's probably the key that you're in so in theory that note would just keep working throughout the whole song if it's in the right key not necessarily like compositionally but like not sounding like it clashes or shit
1: yeah and then uh if it's a happy upbeat song it's major if it's uh if it's, like, not upbeat, it's minor, and most songs are in minor. You don't really get a lot of major songs. That's super nifty. That's how I do it. And this is coming from someone who took, you know, like, three years of music theory. <laughs> this is how I find the
0: key. Oh, that's it, right there. That's the key. You know, in life, sometimes, though, the solutions to your problems end up being, like, Yeah mad basic when you really understand what you're looking for yeah we don't need to do some math problems here you know no nah, i was hoping in like secrecy there'd be like some fucking machine or plug-in i could put in that just scanned everything and did everything for me. there is
1: um so there are tuner vsts i don't know if you have a tuner vst i know ableton has one you could throw a tuner down on your bass track. And when the bass note hits, it'll tell you what note it's playing. So, so, like, weird. any guitar tuner, bass tuner, put it on your track. And, it'll, yeah, you'll you'll know what note it is.
0: That's wild. I've like, seen people do it that way. I, like, just kind of usually end up with beat files and shit. I mean, I mean like, I'm not, like, a 1,000% worried about it. For me, it's just, like, mm-hmm. I find this shit super interesting to talk about at, like, because nobody talks about it nobody really like how do you know what key your songs in i mean i don't know i know that everybody started telling me i if i know what key my songs in it's better but like my whole singing experience was well, like sounds good i'm gonna sing nickel back in the shower till i sound comfy enough that i don't hate it <laughs> and then shit like that mm-hmm. i never went down that like 4 training trading of singing i'm not Bro, I barely sing. If you listen to me sing, it's not even good. It's just like stylistically, I like what it sounds like after. It is pretty shit at a technical level of singing. So keys? Yeah. I am like, I always say as long as it sounds
1: good, it doesn't really matter what you're playing. That's why I was, as I was saying earlier, it's like my friend, I don't want to tell him what he's playing. I don't want to give him that structure. I could give him a lesson right now and be like, here you go. But I think it's going to ruin his music. Because he plays by, he makes by ear and I don't want to give him structure, you know. I think that's important, especially if that's how how you make music, then that's how you make music, you know. Structure is going to ruin you. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but it could. It could because then he could start overthinking be like, well, I want to play this note and this note because it has to be this type of chord or it has to be this.
0: So is there a way to like, do lessons that instills the like best advice but without creating the need to follow the rules
1: um well i think learning the rules is fine like learn what the rules are but it also goes by century right so we're in a 21st century right now um if we go back into the 1700s they definitely followed rules. So you think of classical music or you think of baroque music or Renaissance music, those are strictly following music theory rules. And then as we get as we progress through history, uh, rules start being removed. And a lot of these rules were actually controlled by the church. I don't, I don't know if you heard like uh, if musicians didn't play if the musicians, musicians played certain notes that didn't work, uh, they would be like exercised Their their music license would be removed by the church. Sometimes they'd actually be tortured. Just like, really fucking up because because they, they had a certain set of of notes that you had to play, right? Which is how you get your basic theory of of like this is a C major. This chord, you know. So you we know, never get like shit like that. You know, like the, like this right here, you'd be killed. If you ever played these two notes for a church in 1700, you'd be killed because they don't they don't go together. But as we as we progress through history, those notes start getting played more and more. When you start going to the classical era, the romantic era, and then we get to the 21st century, you just throw all theory out the window and you just play whatever sounds good, which is basically what music is playing whatever sounds good. But I think going back, as long as you actually know the, the fundamentals of, of theory or, or, or chord formation and then learn and realize that none of it matters, you know, it's just whatever sounds good. But here's why it sounds good, right? Here's the reason why what you're playing sounds good. I think that's all that really matters. You know, long story short, whatever sounds good, but here's why it sounds good.
0: So, it's, like, worth knowing why it sounds good. Unless you're the type of person where that'll ruin you. I think so.
1: That's wild.
0: So, it's, like... That's my train of thought. So, some people should do music school, and some people should run from music school.
1: I think so, really, yeah. Because Deadmau5 doesn't even know what he's playing. Deadmau5 admits he has no idea what chord he's playing, as long as it sounds good. And that dude... Top charts.
0: Yeah. I can get that, though. I mean... I know a lot of people who got taught how to rap. I definitely did not get taught how to do anything. So like you end up going down different avenues of like figuring out shit. Whereas like, like, I don't know. I mean, I did take a few singing lessons at one point cause I didn't know how to hear the notes changing in my voice. Yeah. And I needed basically somebody to tell me when this goes like that, that's the notes changing. And I was like, Oh, say mm-hmm. word cool i don't know if i need to pay you anymore and i went to like three lessons and i was like i can't afford i got it it clicked i was like this part (laughs) and then it took me another decade (laughs) yeah but like end of the day like i don't know i bet if i'd like learn to sing right it would sound real different
1: it would it would sound way different and i mean sometimes it's good maybe structure's good but like i saying like structure
0: limits you from freedom because then you start being like i have to do it this way do you find the same thing in game design because that's like one of those meta conversations they have in gaming communities when i watch youtubers critique games and shit um I think
1: so. I think in game design, it's just finding the fun and trying everything that you possibly can and seeing what sticks. A lot of times in game design, in the beginning of the process, you're just making random stuff and seeing if it's fun. You know, so I don't think really the beginning process is structured, but once you start finding the fun, that starts getting structured because then you have to, like, okay, we're going to make this and we're going to make this and we're going to make this because this is the fun parts that we found, you know.
0: No, that makes sense. When you do level design, what does that mean? So level design is taken. It's like
1: the play space that you're in, the the visual environment that you're playing in. Um, it's kind of defining how the player moves through the space, what encounters are going to happen. You know, if they're attacking the enemies. Where do they find their loot? Um, and then in art team will pretty much go through that and make it look good.
0: So, like, yeah, so you're just defining the space. Are you like bound to like stuff like lore and shit, or is it more on like mechanics and structure? A lot of it's mechanics,
1: gameplay mechanics, player movement. How does the player move through the environment? Uh, a lot is a lot of times a story will come in and be like, "Hey, we have this really specific." lore that we want to put in and then the level designer will work with them that okay we can do this to the map and do that this to show show what you're trying to show through your story uh, but yeah it's pretty much us defining how defining the play space before art comes in and just like you know makes it look really good
0: so you would be like the guy who like decides how many houses are in a place in Skyrim and how many floors are in each yeah. house. And if there's towers and walls and then yeah. somebody else. And I'd place gonna...
1: all that too in the layout, the, what's the layout, the city, you know, how is it placed? Did you like the world yeah. maps
0: and shit too? <clears throat> or is it more like specific um... locations?
1: for so as level designers usually specific locations and you get like story to design the world map you have a whole story team doing that but then like um yeah the actual physical area that the player is walking in is that's level
0: design that's crazy to think like so you're the you you don't like necessarily put stuff on the table you decide that there's going to be a table
1: I say, it, and there's going to be a table here, and maybe the objective or something's here. You right. know? And then Art will go through and be like, and this is what he wanted.
0: <laughs> ah, super dope. Yeah. So it's a lot of like logic shits, and then you just kind of have to like, yeah. figure out ways. So you'd, you're like the maze guy.
1: I guess you could say it that way, yeah. You ever, like... back in the day though in modding I had to do everything I had to do the layout and also art it and do everything but now when you're with a team of like 100 people there's a team specifically built to make it look pretty so you don't have to worry about doing any of that you just focus on what your your
0: specialty is and you know yeah it sounds a lot better than having to do it all I imagine this what's your least favorite part it's of game of design work um doing the artwork so so you're not you're not a fan of making the cups look pretty for skyrim's table no
1: i just i'm a fan of get it done and here you go do what you want with it
0: i respect that i feel like you and ismail would be like peas in a pod in that world of just getting shit done and like i totally do it i kind of like the I like it from like a puzzle perspective because I, like, I met somebody once who made mazes and they used to put like keys and doors and you'd have to like yep. go and so it's like that kind of shit but just like way mm-hmm. more complicated.
1: You can look at it like that. Like if you were to play Call of Duty map, that environment that you're in was built by a level designer and then arted by an artist. The level designer d- defined where all the buildings and bridges and places the player can go and then an artist came in and it looked good.
0: So, in theory, you could just like also go ahead and do this in the metaverse because basically what you're oh, doing yeah. is like super easy. Because, like, I fucked around with one of them things, and somebody made this whole like experience where you could go through this like haunted fucking mm-hmm. asylum shit and there was keys and crap and i'm like yeah i could conceive this from like a project management point of view but like you're the guy that yeah it is it is does the like because that's what i do i make project plans <laughs> and then you guys come through and do the things and i go do quality and,
1: work and after. in uh <laughs> in a gaming studio you have a production team which uh, goes and talks to all the leads or, you know, and gets all the tasks needed to complete whatever goal they're trying to complete, right? And then they go through and um, talk to the leads and be like, okay, hey, here's, we have this much time to do it. Here's a task that we're able to do, assign them to your uh, workers and get them done. Yeah, which is, I love game design because always I'm doing something different every single day, which I really like. It's not always the same thing, unless does... it's a, a big project. Or something.
0: Like, how long does it take to design a level?
1: <clears throat> uh, so to design a level, depending on the size, we I can get like a good blockout done in about a week, but then to get it arted probably takes about two or three months, and then, you know.
0: So then like people like test that runs through QA and then they come back and they're like, cause like my cousin did a whole bunch of QA testing. Cause like yep. U- Ubisoft's up here. So like they hire yep. and a couple others and like, then you get their notes and run the fucking mods to whatever, to make it a little bit yep. tighter and whatnot. Yeah.
1: QA will come through and be like, Hey, I broke this, this, and this, and this. Um, and be like, okay, fix, 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 fix.
0: Yeah, that's wildly cool I don't know I haven't talked to that many people who like actually do a lot of like interesting shit in video games I've talked to people mm-hmm. who do I'm not going to say QA is not the most interesting but QA is kind of the most accessible role in I find the QA in the video game world
1: it's the best way to get into the uh, business did you ever do QA? I think I haven't I must suspect that people who do QA because I know what they go through yeah,
0: I've heard like crazy stories. Of, like I've had friends yeah. who QA like big name games and stuff, and they're like, "Nah, bro, you think it's fun, but it's not. You'll just be like and no. told walk around the room without jumping for three hours and see what doesn't work."
1: Yeah, fun.
0: And then you do that, but then, <laughs> and then write it down. Yeah, but then like when that game comes out, you know every fucking hack, <laughs> and you like yeah for like a month, you're cool. Pretty much yeah um so like how often do you release music um
1: I've been slowing down I've been I used to release like a couple songs a week and I went to like one a week and now it's like one every two weeks I've been I've been doing this thing where I will uh I'll make a song and I'll take like a week off from it so I get an ear break and I'll come back and play it again so I have fresh ears on it and then do a mix pass and then master
0: do you find that that's like had a positive impact on your moves
1: i think so because it's good to get a break from hearing a song over and over and over again so i get it to where it's like i almost forget about the song then i listen to it from uh with fresh ears so i can uh go back and mix it because i don't want to mix something i've heard for you know over and over and over and over again my ears is hearing the same thing you know it's not actually hearing what it should be hearing right you get that ear fatigue
0: no it makes a lot of sense i find um you can't release things right away you have to sleep on it at least because if you don't you gotta give respect to the music it's... right i used to just like drop shit right away get like fucking excited and put it out yeah, you get excited but then you're like oh shit it kind of sounds bad well, you listen of to it like a week later. You're like, not my smartest choice, but it's out, so what do you do then? Um, I suppose you could private it, but like I don't know. It feels weird to private something after you put it out like right away, just 'cause I guess here and there you might, but that's like Yeah. No, that's fair. I think it's interesting though that like it's like as you get it slows down but I guess the quality of your output increases from like uh
1: quality definitely increases yeah
0: and if your goal is production right like then that's what and the sound is the goal of a producer then that seems like a interesting thing because you have to do less in theory but you're not doing less you're just taking more Mm -hmm. time to do it right for each time
1: yeah and every every time i sit down to make a beat i don't i don't call them songs until they're songs i'm just sitting there down having fun making a beat and i could make like five or six beats until one sticks i'm like I like that one. I'm going to work on that one. I'm going to spend time on that one. I think with that mindset of just sitting down, not expecting to make a song, you're just having fun is the best way for me, at least to look at music.
0: All right. I think it depends on your goals, I guess. (laughs) Like I'm trying to find that balance between No, I want to sell my music and I want to make the music I want to make. And there has to be kind of a balance between the two of those things or Yeah, at least an understanding that if I make this kind of song it can sell or if I make this kind of song I'm just kind of stroking my own ego because like yeah sometimes those are things that I find so I definitely hear what you're saying but like it sounds like you're really like focusing on being like a real career musician out of this and I find that really like admirable and like it's inspiring because I don't get to talk to a lot of people who are currently trying to be that. I've talked to people who yeah. were that and are no longer or people who are hungry to be that. I don't get to talk to a lot of yeah. people who have like kind of figured it out for themselves. So it's always like, "I haven't
1: figured anything
0: out." I don't know about that. You're like, "Bro, I'm like <laughs> got my new process to polish up the sound, TV syndication, Damn. this, that, the next thing." It sounds like you got yourself like a fucking solid plan. At least yeah, workflow at least. Which <laughs> it's kind of fire and yeah i mean over times it's just networking connections and opportunity so once you have the because that's the hard part is the workflow like i know a lot of people yeah. that might want to get signed but what are you gonna if I, somebody put me in a test like what are you gonna do if like you're in a room with like fucking real rap stars and shit and they like write the verse
1: yeah and they're like okay make a beat you have an hour
0: and that's all Cause you I have. got, I, I got a plane to catch in three hours, <laughs> you know? And I realized that, yo, there might actually be something to being able to whip a verse out of my ass and deliver it properly mm-hmm. in like an hour as a skill. And like, honestly, half of what I do now is just preparing for if I'm in that room. Yeah.
1: And I think that's what we we're talking about earlier. The sightseeing dictation really comes into play with that being able to write something that you either hear in your head or you hear someone else sing instantly you're able to just boom transpose that onto paper or onto you know uh, Fell be like notes. dropping
0: like hella G game like the whole interview he might be acting all humble but like let's be clear this guy has been spitting like <laughs> like, like I don't really like that many people really trying to push the professional side of music in the way that you're doing while being I in a position to have your shit on lock so I don't even think Udra's gazing you up or nothing like you've been dropping I mean, Udra's knowledge. been a
1: long time long time supporter
0: of me she's been, she's been there since the beginning yeah that's cool stills <laughs> like back when you were gaming or like the beginning of music
1: beginning of my music stuff i think it was once i uh started i met soy i saw his channel and then i think that's where everything just started just exploding joining soy's
0: community and
1: all those cool people
0: you know no nah, they're they're like a solid squad i like had somebody describe it like and i don't know if soy's still here he's probably off doing his shit but like so I made it sound it's like soy soy's community is like the cool kid club of the, fr- like the, the like they're like the cool kids at school and yeah. shit. And if you're in like soy squad, it's like mean girl, not, not in a bad way. This was not put yeah. to me in a bad way. Pretty I'm cool just kid. trying to contextualize it with the references I have in my head. And it's like mean girls where like, they the squad and like the people want to be in soy squad. And I was like, damn, soy be like cool to like and like I fucks with soy, don't get me wrong, but like I just yeah I haven't fully gotten into like watching it as often. Is it like, like I because yo, I watch Twitch at like fucking f- uh, in the day when I'm at work. So if yeah. you're like online Same before five PM I might watch yeah. you. But there's a good chance that yo, five PM clicks like you, I switch it's like NAS grand mode. And I just gotta say, like, that community is very appealing to me in terms of like, I mean, I think I've been in his Discord for a minute, but like, I'm afraid of Discord or something. It's fucking hard to get into. Like, I've been forcing myself to Discord more, and I'm trash at it. But like,
1: it's a lot of work. There's a lot of work in all that stuff. Yeah, you need to hire someone.
0: That's <laughs> so that's always the fucking dream, right? <laughs> but like. You know what the problem with hiring someone is is you have to tell them exactly what you want and that's the part i'm having a lot of trouble is scoping out exactly what i want to hire a person to do so that's the same thing i hear
1: with youtube creators and hiring a um, video editor is they always feel like they need to tell the video editor exactly how they want to edit the videos But eventually they realize they just have trust in the video editor. The video editor kind of knows what they want and they just trust them. Everything goes a lot better. So I think it's just finding somebody just like trust that knows exactly what you want, you know, so you don't have to tell them all the time. They just, I got you. I know what you want.
0: Mm, I see what you're saying. I just know that I saw some people describing that like soy was the cool kids and they was not the cool kids. Um, but like So he's definitely a cool kid. Nah, fucks with him. <laughs> Look, Ismail is like a dude who's like a barometer for like authenticity and bullshit. If there is nothing yeah. else about Ismail Gadamsi, is that dude does not vibe well with fake shit. Mm-hmm. That's my impression of him. So if Ismail be like he fire I don't have to question it. Ismail is not going to, like, risk his fucking reputation on saying some shit's fire that it's not. But I also know yeah. what it means when Ismail says something's fire, too. So, like, that also means what it means to me. But in the way that it is, like, nah, Soy's, like, got co He's all good. But, like, I think it's interesting when people all want to be somebody. I guess that's the way to put it. Like, I see all these people who just, like, want to be Soy, I'm like, that's so cool. Like, not like, I don't want to be soy. don't not get it twisted. But, like, yeah. it makes me want to, like, give him even more respect. Because that's fucking fire. Like, bro, you got, like, guys who want to be you. Like, say what? Yeah. Hats off, bro. All love and shit. That's, that's what that leaves me with.
1: I mean, you got people with soy merch. I don't have any of his merch in my room, but I got a couple of soy merch.
0: <laughs> nah i respect that i've slept on do you have merch i guess you do you're wearing your shirt right now with the giant. i got merch right it. here
1: that's about it
0: that's not about for the- sale
1: yet because i don't have a, a store so i'm just wearing all my merch
0: bro i feel that like it's fucking hard to get into the merch game dude what you gonna you're gonna get into it though people gonna be able to like cop that in the next month two months six months a year and a half
1: eventually i mean i have about 30 t-shirts in a box but i just don't have the site to sell them but yeah one of these days
0: um i don't know for me it's logistics i just need to find a merch provider i, I want okay i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's on some ego shit i'm like now nah, i want my first merch drop to be like i bought that in montreal so like Mm -hmm. shoot myself in the foot a bit with the internet providers but turns out finding people to work with that you like is hard
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i got lucky with the the guy that made my t-shirts he's a pretty long time friend that worked on a video game with me back in the day and then started his own t-shirt company and i hit him up i was like oh you make t-shirts you want to make my t-shirt was he like (laughs) how
0: much (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, these were these were pretty cheap. I can't remember what they were, but pretty cheap to make these.
0: Yeah, it's not hard to make, like, a 1-2 shirt. It gets complicated when you're talking about enough shirts to sell and shit. Because if you're going to have shirts yeah. to sell, you have to have... Like, I want to sell slippers. And I don't know how much it costs to make custom slippers. But that yeah. should be, like, $50 a slipper. Like, I'm only going to get, like, six pairs for sale. And then I it's like, I saw...
1: You know, our slippers. That's not even
0: true, bro. <laughs> people will spend 40 no? Yo. Okay. Do you get like, okay. People aren't going to get shitty slippers, bro. But those like thick sold, like fucking nice cushiony. They're, they're yeah. like $40 on Amazon and people buy them. Okay. So I'm just marking it up All $10 right. to put my brand on it. That doesn't even seem All shitty. Right. Okay. I didn't know they market. mark it. I don't know, man. But when you live in the cold, the cold, cold. Like the, you up in Montreal, it's like, hold on, let let me, let me put that in American because I do not know your fucking temperature shit. So right now, um, we are 15 degrees in like Fahrenheit. Yeah. 15 Fahrenheit. Nice. There's a Google button that switches it actually quite easy. I never saw it before, but yeah. So that's how cold it is here for like five months a year, bro. Like trust okay. you get like the thick you want to keep your feet warm plus you got the socks yeah. on and you still kind of maybe a little chilly so like everybody i know up here fucks with slippers like it might not be like a south thing because like y'all might be like sandal yeah. people and sandals might be the vibe for y'all but trust bro slippers man it's what the vibe okay. is i see that but, like, that's super nifty that it isn't, like, hot out oh, by you. I never even thought that it would be related to something like that.
1: Over here, I mean, when I lived in Reno, I think we got around to, like, 10 degrees Fahrenheit over there. So I do know cold, but over here in Georgia, it really doesn't get that cold.
0: Nah, I looked where Georgia was. It doesn't look like it gets cold it's like at all. like,
1: 34 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It gets down to like 32, like freezing, but that's about
0: it. Nah, it's cold as fuck up here. But like, that's fine. I mean, you really appreciate the summer when it comes. That's the beauty of yeah. it not being. But it also means people be fucking wearing toques all the time. I know y'all might not call them toques, but they'd be toques in my world. Mm-hmm. I don't know beanies. I think y'all call them beanies. Yeah, beanies. That's the weirdest shit ever to me. Tukes, huh? It's just tukes to me. T O Q U E S. français, c'est le and so like you know, sometimes words don't come the English first. Like you know, in Quebec, you just end yeah. up with not a lot of words, but some words. The French word wins, and in this case, le tuk beat out english mm-hmm. yo because english people won't even call it a like whatever they call it the french word just like that and it's just kind of how it ends up being sometimes yeah you're an ushenka guy i don't even know what the fuck a ushenka is i'm gonna have to google that because i don't know what the hell that is ismail but um ushenka yo it's the fucking puffy russian looking hat one. Oh, is it yeah that's the one that's it is say a word fair I never really wore one, but that's actually a cool hat look.
1: Oh, okay. I know those hats.
0: Yeah. Y'all wear, like, hat gear up there, or y'all cap-likes? Y'all wear caps? I don't know what y'all call them.
1: Uh, I don't see many hats up in here. Sweatshirts, hoodies. That's about it.
0: No winter jackets.
1: No, when I was in Reno, there'd be winter jackets because it would snow for, you know, a
0: quarter of the year yeah say where, bro. Here it's like a winter jacket. It's like when you, you inevitably cave and cop an expensive ass fucking. I'ma stay warm this winter jacket. Like you just end yeah. up copping some shit that is too like. And it's war- yo, they're they're well made. They get the downy feather, down feathers or shit and whatever, and the goose shit and like fucking keeps you proper. But no, I'm kind of jealous of your weather. I'm not gonna lie. I fucking hate this time of year. It's dark, it's cold, it's miserable. You And when you mask up where we're at, it's fog land for the glasses. It's just pure fog. Yeah, light. I bet. But yeah. Um, I don't know where else to go with this. I feel like for me, it was cool that we broke past three hours. Yeah. That was like... Super cool, dude. I feel like to me, that's like when you really prove you're like a super interesting person. We bust past that. Like I guess. Three hour <laughs> threshold. On the conversation, nah. Sometimes, bro, like at an hour, I'm dying. I don't know where to go with shit. Really? Cause sometimes, Dang. Like, look. Sometimes the first thirty minutes to an hour, it could take some time to build up chemistry, and then, cool, we yeah. like, do what we're, we're flowing. We get it. But like sometimes, I'll be like, blah blah blah, I question and bro. Be like, yeah, it's kind of like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll be like, no, I don't know what you mean. Can you explain? I try. <laughs> now New Yorkers, I had to learn that that's a real thing. They just go, nah, I mean, because yeah. They don't actually know that you don't know what they mean. They just say yeah. that. And then I realized I have to like contextualize shit. Like, nah, we, ain't, I'm not from where you're at, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But like some people yeah, just tell me not talkers like they'll, and they'll be like sometimes the ones that ask to do the interview and shit like, yo, I want to come do the interview. And then they like, oh, are you going to talk <laughs> like they don't got shit to say or anything or like it's yeah, like, it's your life story. Bro, I wrote some songs, I put them on. That's what it is. Honestly, though, I was
1: born and I'm here.
0: Um, my experience, <laughs> producers make much better interviews than rappers. Uh, producers are like, okay. I don't know if it's because y'all are more sober or something in your careers. I'm definitely not sober. Well, not like that. But, like, <laughs> I find, like, rappers be, like, got blackout periods where they, like, wild out for six years and just okay, don't yeah. remember a fucking thing. But, like, producers kind of can't do that because they're doing producer shit. So there's a bit of, like, you have recorded proof of your memories.
1: Yeah.
0: And, like, but, like, I'm not saying being, like, fully sober. But I mean, like, i just find like rappers like some rappers talk well and they like really do Mm their shit but like in my experience it's like the ones who did radio or the ones who were youtubers or like they had to do something else to do it like rappers who just rap sometimes make for painful ass fucking interviews unless they're media trained
1: yeah
0: like because there's media training that goes into some of those guys you see on vlad and shit not always some of them but twitch also helps with media training
1: how do you talk in front of a camera you know,
0: because I know two
1: or three years ago, I was a bubbling mess in front of a camera. You know, I didn't know what to do.
0: Yo, man. I remember. It really does help. I was afraid to go live for like four years. Like we did it I off. didn't have a camera for the longest time. Is that better or worse? Mm,
1: I don't know. So I've done, I did a couple of streams recently where I used the, um, the anime's, Uh, thing where it just gave me like a a 3d model and i wasn't really on camera but i was and i kind of like that but i like being on camera
0: yeah
1: every now and then i don't want to be on camera you know
0: i sometimes wish i was a cartoon or one of those guys who had just chosen to be an avatar for their whole career and people don't know who i am
1: yeah, it's so I'm saying the the anime's avatar stuff. I tried that a couple times, it was fun.
0: But I feel like the cats out the bag. Like yeah. you know who I am. Like what am I gonna yeah. do? I go now to the Avatar thing? I mean
1: for- So that's what I do is like uh I'll be like I don't feel like doing camera today, no cam stream. Mm. You know. You but can I do just that? Don't feel like being on camera. Yeah, you just like, I don't feel like being on camera today. I'm gonna be an avatar.
0: I suppose you can do that. I mean, like, I say it, like, when I go, you can do that. I'm in my head not asking logistically, can. I'm like, does yeah. it make sense for me to, like, go on cam without being my people face like there? People it. like it. If
1: it's, like, very random and not all the time, I think people like it because it's, like, yo, this is different, <laughs> you know? Hmm. This guy's having some fun.
0: I'm gonna think about that for some of the non this kind of stream where i probably should be on cam because this is one of those ones where i do want my face all over it <laughs> yeah but now nah, i appreciate you Phil. i feel like this was actually one of those like really insightful interviews that gave us all food for thought and anybody that watches this honestly if they're smart really caught a couple of real knowledge nuggets i'll give you a good one ar glasses will solve your problem from that's the type of knowledge nuggets he was giving out where uja's like shh bro don't give them all this and like you know give some of the sauce (laughs) because some of the sauce gets people curious enough to go and convert to the bigger sauce it's Uh, all thought (laughs)
1: projects and i'm not going to do it so my someone else might just do it because i'm not going to spend the time doing it
0: yeah i feel like that a bit too because like that's the kind of shit i want to produce but i need a guy that like Anyway, I have big ambitions for that space like to blend like, yeah, just a physical location where like people like five, six people in a room could create a show experience for the internet. Well, and then also even have a local audience like the potential is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, you don't need air glasses. So you can use your phone. Right? Because he it's hooked up to the program, you'll see everyone on
0: your phone. Right now, nah, you gotta use fucking glasses or some shit, bro. Right? I mean, glasses be, would be like, way better. Liked up and like fucking, yeah. I performed holding a phone. It's trash. Yeah. It's not nice. It's not good.
1: So I saw this one thing. This dude was in a ball suit performing. So all his real life animations were also being displayed.
0: You know, like going those trackball suits for uh, yeah, okay. animating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like what little Nas X were. And then Facebook was trying to sell me one for $1,500. And I was like,
1: They're expensive, dude. And, and you don't even need just that. You need probably like 10 or 20 cameras. Oh, cause is that
0: really part of need, the deal?
1: Yeah, it needs to capture uh, all angles of the ball. So if you only have a couple of cameras, it's not going to be a like full full good capture of every angle that the person is at. So you'll get like these like really weird jitters that happen. Because it'll be like the, the ball is out of frame on all cameras, so it's just gonna like snap.
0: So you need like ten or so cameras for that shit. See this the type of gems, yo. You just help somebody know I can afford this Do it. or I can't afford this,
1: because
0: you know 10 cameras and
1: and if you don't want to use cameras, you can use the Xbox One uh Connect thing. I did that before. I had three Xbox One connects. I had like two here and one back there, and they were motion tracking me. This is like 10 years ago. But yeah. Gems. I don't know who, who in this chat is going to be doing that, but if you're going to do that, let me know. I want to see it.
0: Yeah, Ismail, is that the kind of shit you want to get up to? Because, bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's fat stacks in that shit in Montreal. I don't know about you, but if you live in a coder city, what I call a coder city is there's that many software companies where if you're a yeah. coder, you're just guaranteed fucking money. Like, yeah. Yo, fat stacks everywhere. I think Facebook's here. Everybody's here. Like they all came. You know what's crazy
1: now is with COVID. A lot of these, these gaming companies all went work from home. So you can pretty much work at any gaming company now from anywhere in the world, and not have to move, which is nice. Like my company went all work from home. Some people like even moved states. Like they just like moved across country.
0: Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen yeah, because I wonder then if the hammer falls on that and then they're all like, nah, bro, you got to come back now.
1: I think it's too late for that, but
0: they waited. So we actually released one
1: of our games uh, during COVID and they realized, oh, no one needs to be at work for us to make, make games. We're still making games. So honestly, I think it's on them if, if someone's not going to be doing their work because they're working from home, then they shouldn't be hired.
0: Like, nah, it's not that shit. Um, you know. So my my company's doing this. You have to come back a bit, and we got to hear their bullshit. Yeah. uh There's two sides to it. One is as much as there's a huge chunk of people that love it, there is a huge chunk of people with kids, and I mean yeah. that like parents have very split reactions. To be fair, some parents love it, but usually the people who don't like it are parents or like immigrants also seem to have a higher percentage of, of like not fucking what work from home because they don't know anybody and they're already in a new yeah. city so like work is kind of like a social hub and so the one thing that's not happening with work from home is that like walk around the hallway shoot the shit bullshit now yeah. believe it or not the reason your company lets you take 20 minute coffee breaks is probably because you shoot the shit with your colleagues and you actually come out of ideas for work by accident more yeah. often than you think. And they can't fake that shit with work from home. They have yet to find a way to make us behave like that in chats.
1: They've tried it. They've tried to force coffee meetings with like people that I like never talked to it's like I don't even know who you are. I mean like,
0: <laughs> I, cause then I realized it cause I, I went, to like work for half a day and then i went to the office party because we were allowed and i realized yo i'm talking about nfts with people and how to integrate this and i'm like yo i'm not having these chats regularly but like everybody i work with was hired because they're like a specialist in some area of life and so that natural incubation is the only benefit i could see where if you're a not successful video game company like Bethesda or one of these dudes. Not to say they're mm-hmm. not successful, but maybe struggling with some shit. I could see how they force people back to office. And when I say Bethesda, I mean the Montreal yeah. office. Yeah, I can see that. Mostly, I just yeah, I think now it's too late for our company. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but like, cause I don't know, man. Everything's kind of weird with it. And I, I mean. Cause I I don't think the industry set in stone. I think people are acting like right. the industry set in stone. But I'm like, nah, you these people ain't turning down fucking two K interactive jobs and shit. Like they're not you know. turning them down to like nah. Like some might, but then you're gonna find out like 30 percent of those people that put their foot down just stayed unemployed, and people are gonna have a very different attitude after. Yeah, but I also don't think most companies are going to force people back but I think you're going to see some hybrid model shit or VR they're going to force you to do some weird ass VR shit where you have to sit in a virtual office if you're not going to sit in a real one
1: me coming from producing a VR game and doing it 8 hours a day for one and a half years that's it sounds cool I don't think people are going to be liking it after about half a year
0: I don't think unless they
1: get the headsets to actually feel like you're not wearing a headset or something, which is like this glasses.
0: I sort of think you know? it'll go like some shit where it's like, it doesn't actually have to be bigger yeah. than that. You know?
1: I, I was thinking like, um, this, you wear glasses, right. And then the screen, the lens and becomes like dark, like it goes dark and then that's your screen. And then when you're done, it just goes, you know, right i don't know how to explain it but like uh your lenses are your actual screen then your screen goes away yeah i could p- Yo, I
0: picture that shit. it would make that would be yeah. hard because you'd have to convince non-glasses wearing people to wear glasses i guess but yeah right. that would be fire because that's kind of like google lens and shit only like you just need a way to also block out whatever light comes in i guess yeah you would like, probably wearing some like band some star trek band and they could like build that right in so it goes yeah. and just like comes the fuck out and then i mean that's got to be like three to five years away tops
1: so got would be close I,
0: they need to get computers
1: to be smaller and processing to be more powerful to stick them in like a glasses frame or something like that so you're not having to carry a big old battery pack on you or something
0: but aren't they you also know? fucking with shit like where they do processing server side and shit and then you effectively just gotta stream I'm sorry. What was that? Like, I just uh, got a call. Uh, uh, no worries. Aren't they like fucking with shit? Like running all the power server sides so that like really you'd need the shittiest computer ever to just stream whatever. Mm, yeah, and then the
1: cloud. Um, yeah, they're doing it all through the cloud, which I think that's actually might be where computers are going to be going soon because video games are getting to be so big. Like there's some games right now that are like 500 gigs. And it's like, how is someone who has a PC going to sit there and download a 500 gig game? I don't even whereas, think I have
0: that space.
1: Yeah, whereas if you just had...
0: If you boot up your
1: computer and it's connected to the cloud, you wouldn't have to have a hard drive ever again or download anything ever again.
0: And with the 5G powers, that will inevitably properly come. You yeah, could run that but I mobile. think...
1: Uh, I think consoles and computers are going to be running on cloud. They won't even have a hard drive anymore.
0: that makes sense. I mean, like shit's really good now in that world. I don't think it's stadia yeah. good, but like it's really good.
1: yeah and maybe we'll have a personal hard drive, but I think most most of it's going to be all cloud
0: yeah like you'll be told don't keep your fucking tax files in the cloud keep those on your yeah. personal usb keys that's yeah. just you know what it's probably gonna be usb keys are gonna get a come back because like mm-hmm. they're compact and shit but yo man i appreciate having you felt this was a great yeah. conversation and i said that like three times and we kept talking but to me that's just proof to the pudding right i wasn't fucking around i kept getting distracted yeah. by shit you said but at this point i'm fucking hungry and i really want i'm hungry to too eat, i gotta get some food i'm not going to lie <laughs> and i'm definitely like excited that we had this chat and um i'm glad that we all connected so shout out uja nightshade fun. for making that happen and um yeah everyone can follow you um i'm going to make your links appear in the chat and then yep. the links in description uh, i'm pretty much fell 350
1: that, yeah. everywhere fell 350 on twitch soundcloud spotify My Instagram is the real Fell350, so I couldn't get Fell350 on Instagram.
0: But, yeah, I'm Fell350 everywhere. Yeah, that's dope. And so basically, yeah, it'll all be links in descriptions down below and shit for the future people watching um, so that you can do that. I'm glad to have had you here. Do you have any, like, last words you want to say to the fine folk out there?
1: Um,
0: I'm glad. uh, Appreciate
1: you having me. I think it was fun just everyone get out and make music and don't, don't feel like you have to make a song. Right. Just have fun with it. Right. And that's, I think the whole goal of music creation is having fun. Don't, don't make it a job because you're not having fun.
0: Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, just also find a job. If that's like really, really find is a job. If, if you need money, find a job. <laughs> Nah, fell you really and then make these like <laughs> you really did amazing, fell. I agree with Udra. This was a great uh, conversation, and I mean I say that for really yeah. Really. Thanks, Udra. Hold up. It was really fun. Why is it being like
1: this? May you have me again sometime? Yo, for sure. Would talk, love to talk. I to
0: like chop that shit up with you again. You're like super powerful in terms of your ideas. Um. Oh, I didn't start the raid, and I don't have the control on hitting the raid button that's new normally they ask, removed that what do you mean oh there we go looks like you just raided oh uh, that's <laughs> you bad just raided. didn't even get to do my proper outro or anything oh oh that's the worst why did we already raid that's why i didn't want to hit the button <laughs>